Movie guys love movies. Any comments about how everything's horrible in the world are purely for entertainment purposes only. Paul, didn't we do an Everything's Horrible in the World show intro like a month ago? <sighs> yep. But you know, no matter how terrible things get, there is one reason to live. <laughs> I almost don't want to stop for our fart jokes. <laughs> With that play for an hour and a half, and that's the show. No, these farts are coming no matter what, Paul. You can't stop them. You can't, you you can't, can't stop the fart. You only hope to contain them. <laughs> that actually hurts. <laughs> so the news, the news about Star Wars is, yeah, that we heard this week is that it will not be screening for awards consideration, and it will not be screening for critics. Now, the fact that it's not screening for both means they just don't want spoilers. If it screened for awards but not for critics, eh, it would be like a sign of low confidence. Yeah. But I think saying across the board, no one sees this until opening day. Look, as great as this movie is obviously going to be, is it really an awards contender for anything? Well, I mean, is it legitimately? Well, oh, it's certainly a visual effects. Oh yeah, you know what yeah. I mean. But I'd be, like, I'd be shy. I mean, hey, maybe Harrison Ford goes out on a Han Solo nomination. How amazing would that be? That would be nuts. Oh. Yeah. That would be amazing. Yeah. That'd be awesome. But um. Of course, Phantom Menace got whooped by Matrix last time they tried to put a Star Wars movie in for special effects. Well, they're not screening for critic critics. That's going to be really bad for like the critic from the uh, Indianapolis Times to say, mm, "You can take a pass on this one. Don't go see it. Yeah, we'll listen to you." That's true. It's a really interesting way to um, have some sort of effect on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, I mean, the thermometer. You're the going. thermometer is going to have to wait until everybody's seen the movie. Mm -hmm. Yep, that same day, mm -hmm. it'll put out their vegetable rating. <laughs> Critics can be a fan. Two for soft one day. spots. What's that? They can just be a fan for one day. Yeah. Stop with the uh, curmudgeonliness. Is that a word? There's got to be one guy that's out there. It's like if I say don't go see Star Wars: The Force Awakens, somebody's going to go, "Hey, I'm listening to him." After all, <laughs> a critic said it wasn't worth watching. <laughs> hey, well, welcome to the whoa, welcome to the oh, movie showcast, everybody. Part of the vast and sprawling movie guys empire. And what we lack in age, we make up for in madness. You've reached ground zero Especially for Adam. all You've reached uh, ground zero for all <laughs> things movies and comedy. We bring the two together right here on our show every week with jokes, rants, sketches, characters, banter, bits, special guests, and more as we broadcast from our studio, the Admirals Club, in the heart of Burbank Airport's flyover zone. They don't stop making movies, so we don't stop making comedy shows about movies, which means you can get a new show every week at themovieguys.net, as well as iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Vimeo, YouTube, Player.fm, TuneIn.fm, poddirectory.fm. Now no. you're just making up words. Yeah, now you're running <laughs> out of steam, Paul. Absolutely free. That's the point. All those things don't exist on the internet, no. do they? <laughs> There's just porn on the internet. Probably not all .fm. Can't be room for all of that on the internet. <laughs> uh, we're out there is the thing. And we encourage you to subscribe, especially at iTunes. Share and like posts. Rate us. Leave a review. We appreciate it. And if you do, still... How much? No charge. Crazy. Wow. We're also on WBAD.net Fridays at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 Pacific. Basically, search the movie guys on Google, Yahoo, or... Bing! Bing! And we come right up. I'm your host for the hardest working comedy show in the airwaves, Paul Preston, here with Adam Witt. I almost bought this place myself, and I found out Hopalong Cassidy killed himself here. <laughs> uh, Karen Volpe. Okay, you're not a singer, and we don't have time to find out if you're a dancer. And Bart Caius. We found your Prius. It was voting for Ralph Nader. <laughs> 
Our guest joining us the whole show, because we got a lot to talk about movie-wise today, is a writer and founder of TheRealCritic.com, Lisa Minzy. We got a real critic in here. Yay. A real, real critic. She's a real, real. critic. Really critical. The NBC. Too easy. The BBC. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Do you submit your uh, real criticisms to the thermometer? No. Um, that that has some special circumstances you mm-hmm. have to qualify for. What? So, some yeah, special. It's, it's called. It's I thought it was breathing. I thought that was the circumstance. Oh, oh, they got they got some heavy rules to oh, get on yeah. that. Yeah. Not just everybody from the Seattle Daily Gazette, Persimmon Gazette. <laughs> <laughs> one of them is number of time you've been doing it. Right. Another one mm-hmm. is like the. The paper you work for, or whatever it's, it is, it's all sorts of things. How many critic societies you're part of, like how many hits your website gets. It's it's insane critic the amount of loopholes you, uh, loopholes you have to jump through. It's all about how far the stick is up your behind. Exactly. So, Are you wait. taking the stick out of people's behinds? Is that what your website does? One stick at a time. One stick One at a time. Good girl. <laughs> Alright, well, uh, as ever, we're bringing you our patented movie previews, letting you know what's coming to theaters this week. And just like you, we haven't seen these films. Mm. Although I think Lisa saw one of them. Because she's, she's the real critic. The d- real critic, exactly. We got an insider. Uh, just uh, the trailers, that's us. So we'll tell you what we think you can expect. So stay tuned as we talk about five new uh-huh. releases. Ooh. Ooh, get comfortable. I don't think we can do it, Paul. <laughs> I don't have it in me. <laughs> including, it's a marathon. Including a Stanley Tucci in both The Hunger Games Ooh. Mockingjay oh. Part 2 oh. and Spotlight. That's a two for Tucci. <laughs> two for Tucci. <laughs> Plus Chiwetel Ejiofor, I think, finds himself in the middle of an Oscar sandwich with Julia Roberts and Nicole Kidman <laughs> in Secret in Their Eyes. Also, the night before, the comedy it puts bros before ho ho hoes. You see what we did there? That's, wow. Did you see Man. It? That's what you've been working on all day in your office? Yes, I did see it, Paul, and I wish I had diverted my eyes. <laughs> uh, I'm counting I will not be able. I will not be able to unsee that. I can't unsee what you did there. <laughs> Later in the show, yes? a movie will uh, a movie that brings you twice the Tom Hardy in half the time. <laughs> London in the 1960s. Everyone had a story about the craze. They were twins. Do you think we look alike? (laughs) Reggie was a gangster prince of the East End. Ron Cray was a one-man mob. And together they are the Crays, K-R-A-Y-S, London mobsters in the 60s in a movie called Legend. And we're coming out limited this week. I think this is the movie that's finally going to uh, get me to know what Tom Hardy looks like. I need him. I need him on the I screen know. twice, twice, yeah. to know what he looks like. Right. Because every time I see him, I go, "That's not Tom Hardy." I do the exact same thing. Right? I have no idea what he looks like. Every time he shows up, Paul's like, "You know, that's Tom Hardy." Just like, like no, he's not. Well, no, just like we don't know what Johnny Depp sounds like. Exactly. I don't know what this guy looks like. Yeah. yeah. Lock and Dark Knight Rises, not the same. Not guy. the same. Oh. Human but he being. does Dark look Nemesis? like he does look like the real craze. I I got sucked into a uh, a YouTube documentary wormhole last night watching a documentary on the real craze. <laughs> and what's fascinating, Tom Hardy's, in a, I think he might be the best actor out there because if you watch the the uh, trailer a hundred times, which is what I did, he literally <laughs> changes <laughs> his face right. because the brothers look slightly different. One of them's a maniacal sociopath, and one of them's a little more. Uh, de- uh, Debonair, and oh, so he so can just and Bane, okay. crunch his face just enough to make him look slightly different, even though it's the same guy. But he does actually look like the real craze. Yeah, I, this was one of the ones I did get to see. Oh, cool! Oh, so, cool. Um, the only way I could tell him apart was by the teeth. 
Oh. They, they did something to his, his teeth. mouth or mouth. Yeah, they, I don't know. They put like prosthetics in there, and so he sounded different. He sounded crazy, the crazier brother. Cool. So um, he knocked it out of the park. It's oh, fantastic. Yeah. Did you Amazing. see Locke whenever it was in the Phoenix Film Festival? I did. Amazing. That began my "Who the hell is oh, Tom Hardy?" Exactly. problem. I watched the entire movie and Ball's like, you know, an hour and a half worth of Tom Hardy. I was like, sold. Perfect. And we talked to Stephen Knight, the the writer director of that, and he said that he picked him because he thinks he's the best actor. He's right. Like like Mm -hmm. you said, best Mm -hmm. actor going out there. He's 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 coming around on me. I'm really getting to be a big fan. (laughs) He He that is so dirty in so many ways. I'm gonna let it coming around on me. We'll just let it sit there. Thousand great performances. People can just now he's coming around. Figure out how he's reaching around on you. That's fine. Okay, Tom Hardy, I'll take a reach around. So many movies Woo, to talk about. We can't even get to Carol. Carol is a what? new Todd Haynes movie. Mm. You saw that too? Oh, I that's, saw that. Uh, that's going to be nominated Kate for all Blanch- kinds of stuff, right? Oh, yeah. Kate yeah. Blanchett and Rooney Mara, they're going to get nominated, right? Oh, wow. d- definitely. It's, I wasn't really uh, keen on the story. It was slow, oh. but oh. the acting was phenomenal. Yeah. Oh. So I loved Far From Heaven when mm-hmm. Todd Haynes goes to that era, because this goes back to like the mm-hmm. 50s again, right? When everyone's yeah. super stuffed up, except for like Dennis Quaid being in the closet. This time it's... Uh, Mara and Blanchett are lesbian lovers and yes. have to somehow oh. manage the time period and their lives. Yes, no. that is correct. Are they 1950s lesbians? It is 50s lesbians. Uh, it's might not be as hot. It's very <laughs> bullet, bullet bra lesbians. <laughs> 60s cool. lesbians are hot. Well, the, the sex scene was not like blue is the warmest color sex, sex scene. scene. Yeah. There is a sex scene. Oh, no. oh. Um, but it's making it's a very, note to see it. It's classy. Why it's are we classy. covering this other shit? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, whatever. I can take a pass on that Julia Roberts one for sure. <laughs> uh, but Karen, of course, is very excited because today a, a big trailer dropped. Oh. Uh, dashing through the snow, oh my goodness! In a one-horse open sleigh, o'er the fields we go, laughing all the way. <laughs> That's that sound. That's the Bill Murray I love. A very merry Christmas coming to Netflix. That's what my quote was from. When we started the show, I know. Mm-hmm. really, wow, you're already on yes. top of that. Well, you talked during it whenever we were watching the preview, so you missed it. So I was oh. like, "Good, I can bang it out, and you won't even know." Yeah. But uh, yeah, so the guy standing there and goes, oh, "We need someone to Christmas Carol," and he looks at the guy and he goes, "You're you're going to do the Christmas Carol for me," and he starts to sing, and that's when he goes, "You're not a singer, and we don't have time to find out if you're a dancer because <laughs> he's so Bill Murray. Yeah, he really is. In this movie, if you want Bill Murray in this TV show, he's a Bill Murrayist. Yeah, if you want Bill Murray in your movie. Bill Murray. You get Bill Murray. Yeah, you know, so you get. We make up for Rock the Casbah. Oh, yeah. I oh, wanted that yeah. to be great. I have a feeling this will be great. Yeah. All right. But you, you say that about Tom Cruise. You know, he's the Tom Cruisiest. That's where that, that yeah. line comes from in, within the show. But Bill Murray has not been Bill Murray for no, a decade now. A long time. <laughs> and you know, the closest Bill Murray that we got was back in Lost in Translation. And, yeah. and that was still kind of sad, Bill I'm Murray. Very morose. Uh, but he was adorable, like during the karaoke things, and when he was going out with her, and then when he would like loosen yeah, up a little yeah, bit, it was yeah, very was Bill cool. Murray. So I see that immediately in this. Even in the, that little bit, you could hear when he's like, oh, when he did that. Very Bill Murray. Yeah, it's directed by Sofia Coppola and is a Christmas special. That's oh my gosh. Fantastic. It's surrounding himself with like amazing people right? Paul Schaefer, Chris oh. Rock, George Clooney, Michael Sarah, Jason yeah. Schwartzman. Rashida Jones, on and on and on. So cool. So anyway, well, um, I'm sure we'll have a full report. Oh, I'll give you a full report on that. All right, Bart. Let's get to previewing our first film of the big weekend, The Hunger Games Mockingjay Part 2, Divergent, Breaking Dawn, A New Beginning, The Final Chapter. Fantastic. Picks up where The Hunger Games Insurgent The Giver left off. And where exactly is that, Bart? Well, Paul, you'll have to ask a 14-year-old girl, because I have no clue. (laughs) Okay, Adam. (laughs) Woo! Let's do this. Here we go. <laughs> hey, wait a second. <laughs>
can't find a 14-year-old girl, here's Adam. <laughs> Ask Adam. <laughs> well, into its third o- overtime, the Hunger Games seems to be coming to an end. I've been watching you, and you watching me. From Spotlight? Totally from Spotlight. <laughs> My dear Miss Everdeen. So creepy. He's so creepy. Make no mistake. The game is coming to its end. There you go. See? It's coming to an end. Well, I just... I'm going by what Donald Sutherland is telling yes. us. Right. That's how I live my life. <laughs> As you should. The Hunger Games trilogy comes to a close like all trilogies these days. Twice! <laughs> Mockingjay Part 2 brings us the final installment of the story of Katniss Everdeen, who began this story four short Hunger Games ago as an insignificant turd farmer. Sure. Or whatever they do. Yeah, they're, they're poor, I know that. <clears throat> now, several billion dollars later, Katniss has risen to become the leader of a rebellion against the center of wealthy elites that make the poor fight each other for their own enjoyment. I think it's called the Department of Symbolism, actually. The, uh... This story about poor people fighting each other for food, like the others, has been adapted from Ted Cruz's masturbation fantasy. Teens get off their phones long enough to fight an oppressive regime, and they lead a revolt all the way to President Snow's capital city. He sets multiple traps for them that turn into a, their path into a dangerous obstacle course. So, in what most certainly is a young adult's wet dream, the Hunger Games <laughs> participants have become maze runners! Turn your weapons! <laughs> to Snow! That's awesome. That's what? apparently one setting above stun. <laughs> setting your weapon. <laughs> Set it to snow. And two above drizzle. <laughs> wow. This wow. has gotten really important since last time I paid attention. <laughs> the Capitol is populated by Oscar nominees Julianne Moore and Donald Sutherland. Can they be defeated by an army of MTV Best Newcomers and Teen Choice Award nominees? <laughs> and Jennifer Lawrence returns as Katniss to put her ability to earn 70 cents on the dollar to Aww. good use. So the Hunger Games films have a cast of characters whose names fell out of the box trolls, I believe, uh, including... Well, uh, apparently the names are so British-sounding they must be accompanied by a harpsichord. Katniss Everdeen. Peter Mellark. Amy Chabernathy! Plutarch Heavensby. <laughs> She's a flickerman. Finnick O'Dear. Gail Hawthorne. Eno Berlier. And Lindsay Edmonds as Injured Career. <laughs> as Injured Career. That's actually the character's name on IMDb. <laughs> uh, according to the trailer, nothing can prepare you for the end. Which kind of sucks, because I was going to go watch the first three. <laughs> <laughs> this then <laughs> so is this the fourth or fifth one it's the fourth okay. of three books and and can so now should somebody tell me what they're about because i have no, no. clue. i no. got one sure in. what do you want to know it, it <laughs> seems like they're fighting the same revolt rebellion yeah, re- revolution something with an r all I'm, the time i imagine it doesn't happen quickly no uh, all right i have i have this i submit to the table i submit to you <laughs> name for me yes one teenager because she's not 20. Is she 20? No, she's in her mid-20s right oh, now. Oh, mid-20s now. Okay, I'll give even better. Uh, let's say 24-year-old. Give me the name of one 24-year-old that anyone would listen to. Who's saying... Uh, like, you, like I mean, in life. You mean besides every agent in Hollywood? Yeah, well, <laughs> I mean like people that would... Life or death situation. Other Justin than Bieber. 
Right. Follow Justin Bieber into war. Don't lead yeah. that revolution. Who would lead us into something <laughs> that doesn't have to do with entertainment? <laughs> what? Oh, doesn't have to do with So your point yeah. is That's no one I would see. follow this girl. I'm, <laughs> no, I'm saying it's really hard for me to stretch my imagination. It's easier for me to imagine that we'd be in Star Wars and we'd have Darth Vader and stuff than it is for me to imagine that a t- early tweens person would get oh. people to follow her. Like adult... I, you're missing, Men would not yeah. follow a young 24-year-old girl well, into well, battle. Right. The adult men, into battle. But yeah. the adult men are in charge. You're also forgetting one very important thing. Yes. She is the one. Oh. Or they chosen are. or given. The, 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 okay, has <laughs> in the history of the she's, world... She's the given. She's the given. <laughs> she's the giver. Wait. She's our leader, I guess. Yeah, why not her? No, no, she's but the given. even in the history of the world, we follow oh, young that. men into stuff, like from the Bible, but have we ever followed young women into anything? I just think that's interesting. That is interesting. The mall. The mall! You <laughs> I would follow her if she's going up a bunch of... Uh, against a bunch of stupid white men. like. In but this. the thing is, she's also leading men that are in their 50s and 60s, and I give those men in that movie a lot of credit to is follow at 20... There's a bunch of regular people, all the poor people that yeah, are, she's she leading. She ends up leading all these districts it's of poor of people. Of poor people okay. of all well, ages. Men, this gets women. back to my first question. What's this about? <laughs> that was it. She has a bow and arrow. Yeah, yes, right? Who, does, as much as who I know. does it nowadays? No. Yeah. Hawkeye, Arrow, Brave. <laughs> They're a bunch of poor mm-hmm. turd farmers. And, uh, <laughs> they rise to the challenge. Mm-hmm. This is interesting. Listen to this clip. Our lives were never ours. They belong to Snow and our deaths do too. But if you kill him, Candace, if you end all of this, all those deaths, they mean something. That's not where I thought that was going. Oh. Did yeah. you think he was like going to be suddenly Peter's going to be the moral guy who's like, if you kill him, then you're no better than him. But instead he goes, if you kill him, well, that brings meaning to all these deaths. It sounds like, like you've watched the movies, Paul. <laughs> Paul just, is a big I Jennifer Lawrence fan. Oh, really? Just the first one? Yeah. And it was good. I just haven't got to it. No? no, I'm not really into it. Okay. No. I think it's about the same thing as Harry Potter and any of these. They lead a, you know, they, they ultimately have to just, def- it is big groupings of people who are it's at first. a uh, revolt, you know, a rebellion, yeah, it's a revolution, Matrix it's something. And, uh, well, one thing I always have a little difficulty with, and this could, again, be just correlated to the world in general. If you kill the one guy in charge, apparently everything's supposed to fall apart. But in this specific environment, there's so much work that goes into torturing teenagers <laughs> that I think that if you kill one guy, th- there were a lot of other people that had to be on board to torture the teenagers. So those people are going to continue to torture, aren't they? Why would they go, oh, well? Snow's dead. Let's be nice to the teenagers. Like I said, take out Bush. Cheney's waiting. Yeah. There's going to be other people who are like, oh, good. Now I can set the traps for the teenagers. So who cares if she takes out Snow? I certainly don't. <laughs> I think we've made that. Point. All right. Great. All, All right, right. Our next hey. film is called Legend, as we talked a little bit about it here earlier. And it's about two brothers named Cray hey, and... Don't, don't, don't say it. Don't say, say it. Say what? This movie sounds like it might be a little cray cray. Uh, okay, I might not be the right person to preview it. Bart, do you want to talk legend? Are. I think so. Cray cray. I'm sorry, Karen, what was the question? Do you want to talk legend? Why, yes, I do. It's a favorite of mine. As a matter of fact, it's a, it's a story of a young man that must stop the Lord of Darkness from both destroying daylight and marrying the woman he loves. <laughs> what? Bart, you're thinking of the 1985 movie called Legend? Are you sure, Paul? Because it says here there's a guy oh. named Tom in this movie. Uh, there are other actors named Tom. <laughs> there are? Sure, Tom Hanks. Tom Hardy, who stars in this, just to name a couple. 
Well, it seems wholly unnecessary if you ask me, but whatever, Paul. Let's go ahead and do this. All right, here we go. Do we need more Toms? No. <laughs> There's only one Tom. You can't take that first name. If you're like me and you can't ever get enough Tom Hardy in your movie, well, problem solved. Tom Hardy plays identical twin brothers, Ronald and Reggie Cray, two mobsters in the east end of London who had a notorious rise and fall in the 1960s. Oh, that's right. They also fall after they rise, like in every mob movie. <laughs> Let that be a lesson to you kids. <laughs> Only one thing better than having Tom Hardy as your lead, having Tom Hardy as both your leads. <laughs> yes, he pulls an army hammer. Or Nicolas Cage. Or a Jeremy Irons. Or a Schwarzenegger and DeVito. Tom Hardy is such a good actor. How good is he? Tom Hardy is such a good actor <laughs> that rumor has it that this movie was initially going to be the story about just one of the Cray brothers. But when Hardy was cast, the producers realized they had too much talent in their blank. <laughs> Good question. Too, too much talent in their blank. The Cray brothers are recruited to the American mafia in an effort to turn London into the Las Vegas of Europe. But when mm. Vinny, Paulie, and Anthony find out hey. that Ronnie and Ray are serving fish and chips at the casino instead of spaghetti and cannoli, well, all hell breaks loose. Oh. See, if you're going to start a criminal enterprise dependent on calm, precise execution of crimes to avoid being caught, you're going to need a loose cannon. <laughs> and so it is with the Craze. <laughs> the Craze looked alike, but that's where the comparisons stop, because unlike Reggie, who was smooth and brooding like Tom Hardy, Ronnie Cray was prone to violence and fighting like Tom Hardy. <laughs> <laughs> Not only is this a title remake, borrowing the 1985's legend as we just discussed, but it's a content remake too, as the Cray story was already told in, in the 1990 film The Craze, starring Blank. <laughs> But who knows? Do you know Starring this one now that we're stopped? Well, no. It starred in the craze. Oh, I know. Uh, it's, there was a movie called The Craze. John Cusack? Or no. no, I'm thinking of the... Nope. The poster is exactly... 1990. Paul, 1990. is it Bill Murray? I will give you a hint. I was thinking of The Grifters. Oh. Wait, wait. Judd oh. Nelson. Oh. The Craze featured Gary... Molly Ringwald. Gary and Martin Kemp of Spandau Ballet. Wow. Spandau. Wow, we were wrong. And although I never saw it, I heard it wasn't horrible. Oh, yeah. good for was them. It? So it was not. No. Oh, not horrible. Uh, anyway, the Hardy Boys run roughshod over London's criminal underbelly with extra cockney in their mm. accents and really bad teeth. <laughs> Here's a clip. Actually, my name is Austin Powers. It says your name, Danger Powers. No, 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 no. Danger's my middle name. Okay, that's uh, that, that's not it. Here's the, here's oh, the I clip here. I saw him come to Philadelphia. He said, "Nice girl, we'll get it for you." I prefer boys. Italians sometimes great, but I am not prejudiced. <laughs> it often sounds like they have a head cold, right? Mm -hmm. But it's a fun dialect to try and master. And now that we've spent years trying to master the New York Italian mob dialect Yo, hey. from The Godfather and Goodfellas, mm -hmm. let's try the British mob okay. dialect. Adam, you want to give it a shot? Oh, my God. All of my accents end up somewhere like in Indiana or something. Um, <laughs> Mine all end up as, as country western. So this is this, I'm going to end up sounding like a cowboy, really? just so you know. I saw you come Here's to one more time. Here's a nice girl. We'll get it for you. I prefer boys. Italians. Sometimes great, but I am not prejudiced. Okay. Tell me, do you spend time with your family? Good, because a man who doesn't spend time with his family can never be a real man. That was good. nice. That was nice. That was good. Someday, and that day may never come, I'll call upon you to do a service for me. But until that day, mate, 
Consider this justice a gift of my daughter's wedding day. Bollocks. He sounds like... Uh, I actually pulled that off. Yeah, that wasn't bad. bad. Yeah, yeah. You That's sound like that actor <laughs> that we say his name, Michael Caine. Michael Caine. Michael Caine. Oh, Michael Caine. Michael Caine. Someday. What's the matter with you? <laughs> I think your brain is going soft with all the comedy you're playing with that young girl. <laughs> Never tell anyone outside the family that what you're thinking again. Thank you, Tracy Ullman. Nice. <laughs> 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 I'm a little worried about this Salazzo fellow. <laughs> I want you to find out what he's got under his fingernails. Go to the Tatayas and tell him you're not too happy with our family <laughs> and find out what you can. I think all of us were too legible. Uh, yeah, I could understand us. Teligible? Intelligible? Michael Caine, my favorite. Take the guns. Take the cannoli. You, you got any of that in you, Lisa? Oh, do it. No. I'll sound like a Fink. drunk pirate. Oh, Great. I love drunk pirates. Uh, I should with that. I like that. Pen <laughs> <Band> pending. <laughs> Uh, all right, so well, listen, I think uh, if Hollywood has its way, all future mob movies will sound like this. Sometimes great, but I am not prejudiced. Stare at me! Look at me right fucking at me as if they say, come on, it's where to go. Now, save your breath and cure your parts. Hey, look, so what's a heck of two roof lights? Uh, the status house frame furniture. And the uh, scarf cushions with uh, mats and shack by cover. Save your breath. For cooling your porridge. <laughs> that's what he says at the beginning of that. Save your breath for cooling your porridge. Oh my god, that's awesome. I don't that. I, I, you should drop that. We should drop that clip a lot more often. <laughs> that, that just seems much more versatile. Than <laughs> this wow. movie looks insanely good it and looks fun. Good. And I think yeah, it does. you, Lisa, Lisa saw, it. saw yes. it, and I am right. Yes, it's <laughs> very good. Yeah, very good. Lisa, you're his favorite guest because Aww. you just said he's right. <laughs> you agree with me you're right all mm-hmm. the time. Oh lordy, here we go. <laughs> no, uh, it, it was very well done. Very well done. The acting, top notch. Is it a good story? Because I got sucked into this. Uh, I told you I got sucked into this documentary hole. Was that good? Where he? Yeah, it's an, it's ridiculously oh, good. I'm so interested oh. in that. Where'd you see the documentary? I'm in the adding craze? it to the list on the YouTube. On YouTube. Yeah, okay. the story could use some work, but. Just the acting just drove it home. It yeah. made it worth sitting through it. I want to see Tom Hardy get in a slap fight with himself, <laughs> which is what happens in one of these scenes, he right? He does, and it, <laughs> it's actually quite great. Is it? Yeah. yeah. Hey, I know. What was the last thing Brian Helgeland directed? Something great as well, right? Recently? Like last year or two? Uh, I don't know. Mm. I forget. But I know he made Payback, and he made LA yeah. Confidential. So yeah. for those alone, I would go and watch this. Antho and Tom Hardy, I'm in. I mean, I'm totally going to see this. Yeah. So it's in limited now. It'll go wide later. I wasn't sure when it was going to go wide. Uh, December, second week of December. I, I heard that, but you know, December's looking busy. So I don't know. We, we figured we'd cover it now. I'd never heard of it until you sent it out as an assignment. I didn't that's know it was out there. But I did watch a clip from Legend, the 1985 Ridley Scott. <laughs> oh, movie. that's such a good movie. But yeah, that makeup <laughs> job on Tim Curry is ridiculous. Oh my god, one of my favorite oh. villain characters I mean, of just, all time. Right? I need to go back and watch that again because I only caught it as a boy. I never, I never sat down and watched Legend. It was just on HBO at a moment that I walked in and turned it on. So I'm not even sure I've seen the whole thing straight through, beginning to end. But my memory as of it is that it's just absolutely magical, right? There's no real sets in this movie. It's all just yeah. like okay. atmosphere. Hang They're on out. location <laughs> in other worlds. Here we go. Yes, it's like yes. a labyrinth for. A Adults, right? So <laughs> when we were putting together this, I looked at Paul's computer screen, which I shouldn't do because I get sucked into weirdness. And I looked, and there was that crazy-looking face, that red monster character. Oh, yeah. the darkness. Darkness. Lord of darkness. And so Paul said, oh, have you ever seen this? And of course, I've not seen it because it was the 80s, and I was watching Molly Ringwald movies. 
So I didn't have time. Um, so I didn't see it. It's got but Sloan I w- Peterson from Ferris Bueller's Day Off in it, but go ahead. Well, she was very pretty. And here's what I noticed. I didn't. She wasn't my favorite woman of the 80s, yeah, by the way. Yeah, no. Um, though uh, I love Joan Cusack type characters. But anyway, that's not the point. The point was I watched it and Paul said, watch the preview. And as I watched the preview, I thought of you, Bart, because... It looks like in Notting Hill. Or no, was it Notting Hill, the one where she's an actress? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Julia there are no Roberts. actresses in Notting Hill. <laughs> and Julia Roberts meets our, our hero um, when she goes to a bookstore, but she's in town filming a movie. So they have to have the fake movie that she's filming, and it's this space adventure and whatever, and it's very silly looking. Argo. so whenever you watch this movie it looks as if tom cruise is in a movie where he has to be doing a really silly space movie and this is the silly space movie movie and it's really silly i see what's going on here yes this this is just payback for the things i said about bill murray last yep (laughs) but i'm just saying watch it we're even karen we're even okay (laughs) let's just not let this Uh, get any uglier it doesn't bother me because bill murray on the fifth of wait fourth of December is yeah. going to. But whereas Bill Murray is going to finally come back and be Bill Murray. Yes. Tom Cruise has been Tom Cruise the whole time. That's true. I'm just saying. <laughs> Although I don't know if he's true. Tom Cruise in Legend. No, Ooh. I don't know who he no, is he's in that. Not. Is that Tom he's, no. He's not. I, he's not Tom Cruise. He's. I don't know. He's. He's. Kirk Cameron or somebody. I don't know what he's doing. He's one of the Hunger Games kids in that movie, yeah, I think. He's kind of a smooth and kissable teen, right? Yeah, so is she. So is your girl for Ferris Bueller. Yeah, They're both yeah. Paul, really moving creamy. On. Moving on, Paul. Yeah, it's, a, it's a modest script in an unbelievably good-looking movie. Yeah, so Ridley Scott. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> All Ridley Scott. In our next film, Killing Someone Makes Everything Right Week continues <laughs> as a Julia Roberts revenge tale hits theaters in secret in their eyes. Karen, you love Julia. Yes. Let's uh, tell the people what it's about. All right. Ah, the life of murder investigators. Oh, sure, it sounds fun and glamorous enough on TV. That is until the horribly mutilated and brutally murdered victim you are called to investigate turns out to be someone you know. Like your daughter. <laughs> Then your life of bad coffee, paperwork, and blood spatters seems not so great anymore. Thirteen years after being called to investigate the murder of her own daughter, Jess, played by Julia Roberts, rocking her Mary Riley hair, mm. is presented with new evidence by one of the fellow investigators that seemingly is, solves the case, pointing out the murderer. It's a race to justice. Who will get to him first, the vengeful FBI agent and mother, with all the means necessary to kill the man who killed her daughter? Mm. Or the insanely slow and unreliable American justice system? Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! I think I have an idea. Thank you, honey. Now, wait. This movie spans 13 years. Uh-huh. Nicole Kidman looks pretty much the same throughout. Well. Now, I don't want to reignite the plastic surgery talk that's plagued Kidman for years, but I think we found the secret in her eyes. Botox. <sighs> Hell have no fury like Julia Roberts scorned. Guys, raise your hand if you're one of those who wants to see this pretty pissed-off woman play a badass in a movie. She's not going to stop. He can quit his job. He can change his name. He can dump his That's car. right. But I will still find him. Not since Gina Davis and the Long Kiss Goodnight has a lanky, middle-aged brunette woman brought the fury like this. 
Now, careful when Googling this movie, because there is another film out there with the same title, and you might get confused, because even though it has the same title, it's an entirely same movie. <laughs> Based on the novel entitled El Secreto de Sus Ojos, which, when translated, means El Secreto of Sus Ojos. That. Doesn't that mean your eyes are secrets? Yes. Absolutely. Now, if you're like me and reading makes you sleepy, but are thinking that this movie still sounds familiar to you, that's because it was already a movie based on a book. That's right. In 2009, Argentinian director Juan Jose Campanella directed this movie, which won an Oscar for Best Foreign Language Film. Talk about not even trying, Hollywood. This isn't a reboot or even a reimagining. It's simply a rewording. Actually, I think I know where you're getting confused. What? The 2009 Oscar-winning movie was called The Secret in Their Eyes. Mm-hmm. This is simply Secret in Their Eyes. Paul, you're making my point. It's a rewording. Regardless, check mm-hmm. it out this weekend. It's loaded with good actors like Roberts, Kidman, Edgy Afor, and the director whose name doesn't end, Billy Ray. <laughs> Man, his name is Billy Ray. Call <laughs> delivery right there. Yeah, that's never, no. the that's never the complete name. That's not a name. <laughs> Billy Ray? That's just the beginning of a name of a guy who shot a politician. <laughs> <laughs> Three name guys. Billy Ray Valentine. Yeah. Right? Billy oh, Ray, Billy Billy Ray, Ray Valentine. Yeah. His secret in their eyes, such a good title. They're like, we've got to use that. I mean, somebody you, know, you said this something else is all these other. No, it's pretty it much was a remake. Literally yeah. a remake oh, of the movie that was already they're made. Remaking a foreign film in a different dumb, and we didn't go see. Because reading makes us sleepy, and the That's subtitles right. would ruin it. For I was everybody. already sleepy just reading about reading. <laughs> I just can't. Now, does this well, fall reading into, about reading uh, is a little <laughs> less exciting? This fall into the excited about a Julia Roberts no, movie category. No. Yeah. But you know what? There's one coming out with George Clooney that I accidentally saw when I was doing birthdays. That one I'm excited about. Julia Roberts? It's coming up real soon. I did not finish remembering what it is. But yeah, when I saw that Julia Roberts in, I'll look it up while you guys chat. When you finish remembering, let us know. I will do some remembering real quick. <laughs> that is. Hmm. Yes, this doesn't excite me just because <laughs> I I don't I don't know. This just reminds me of the Pelican Brief, stuff like that, which was fine. Yeah, but it's oh, not yeah, it's not yeah. but well, it's, it's not, not what you're in for no, Julia Roberts. It's no exactly. Notting Hill. Exactly. Come on. Yeah. Did anyone see so no one saw the secret in their eyes the first time out? Lisa, no. you're the real Lisa, critic. Lisa, come on, we count on you no, for no, the no, foreign no. stuff. Yeah, we count on you on stuff we uh-huh. don't see. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Did you see Secrets in Your Ojos? <laughs> no. no. Yeah, should have been more specific. Yeah. Lozengers in your eyes. <laughs> yeah. So it seems like 13 years after the murder of Julia Roberts' daughter in this, it's the same people working the same job. So <laughs> nobody has a new office or anything. Did anyone, did anyone, be, get did anyone become? No one captain? got promoted. Yeah. No. yeah, everyone failed the exam Ouch. for a captain. Um, watching the trailer several times, I'm not exactly sure exactly exactly uh, exactly what I'm trying to say exactly. <laughs> but she goes death wish, right? I think, but she's brought either new evidence. So it sounds like they catch the guy and then he gets off. Not because he's not the guy, he just gets off because of technicalities or, you know, they OJ'd it up. They totally OJ'd it up and he got off, right? Uh, And then 13 years later, the guy's like, hey, I found him. Like, no, we found him before. Yeah. yeah, Did we find him again? I I don't know. And now it's will she or won't she go kill again? Bronson on the guy. Yeah. Yeah. Which we're hoping she does. Yeah. I, I, you know, these two haven't been together either. Kidman and Roberts were like the thing for a while there, sort of. Your I like, I like this kind of thing when it's like an Aaron Brockovich kind of thing. When her uh, boobs are hanging out. Yeah. 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 Me too. Or it's kind of girly, <laughs> Me too. But just, I think Kidman just says yes too many things. 
She just yeah. gets in there oh, wherever she point. can. Yeah, is she doing anything she, big anymore? Nine no. seems like the last thing that was like a big deal that she was in. I think the in. biggest thing she's big. had lately is Paddington. Paddington. That's oh, right. no. Uh-huh. Paddington. Yeah. Uh-huh. She has a Herzog film coming out Ooh, next what? year. Yeah, Queen of the Desert. Okay. That's right. She shows up every now and then in like a Von Trier or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, that's right. Dogville. Like, when is she in Dogville? I don't know. Just like stop saying yes to all these films. Yeah, just do something big. Yeah. Yeah. All, all right. right, here we go. All right, took me all that what time. You got? What do you yeah. got? Well, you did some hard thinking over there. You're sweating and uh, uh, I believe Browed it's Money Monster. <laughs> Who's the Money Monster? Money Monster. That's what I think it is. What are you talking about? The movie that I'm excited with George Clooney. Oh, Money oh. Monster? Julia Roberts, George Clooney. It's going to come out directed by Jodie Foster. What? Yes. It's very exciting. It's going to come out April 8th, 2016. So that's next year. Kicking off summer. That's when they kick off summer now. It, yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, it's going to be George Clooney and who else? There's one more guy that you guys know here. Oh, no, I guess it's Dominic West. Yep, we there don't know go. him. We don't know him, so never mind. I know him. Okay. But anyway, that's the one I was looking Dominic at that West? I'm excited about. Captain America, right? No. No, no, no. He's uh, in um, The Affair. He's in The Affair now. He's in The Wire. Because yeah. this is more about a television Dominic personality West. and money on Wall Street. That's that's more of a fun thing. I don't like the idea that her daughter's in a dumpster and has been bleached. Like, that just turns me off. But Inside and out. I, yeah. Well, how can we know inside? Who is checking there? Oh, okay. Ugh. Anyway. Daughter in a dumpster. NBC. <laughs> Rock band or improv group? Oh, ska band or improv group? Oh. I can't believe they didn't immediately just think it's the grouch who did it. He lives in dumpsters. There you go. Ah, it's clearly. Oscar the Murderer. Ask That's a really the- good twist for Sesame Street for adults. It's foreign version. <laughs> right? Yeah. Oh, who else would be the murderer of an Oscar? I don't know. Maybe it's the guy that lives in the trash can. <laughs> Crazy guy who eats garbage. Oh, if it twists like that, that would have made oh, me really murder, happy. A murder on Sesame Street? All right, let's write a better movie than this. Right? Okay, there's a murder on, on Sesame, Sesame Street. Street. Our next film. Oh, Paul. It's been, in a, it's been in limited release, but goes wider across the country this week. Just in time for Christmas, it's a story about the church. How appropriate. Oh, wow. That would be lovely. You know, your family can go see it you know, at Christmas That's time. A, hang on a sec. What? Oh, it's about the Catholic Church. Ooh. Sorry, never mind. Oh, never mind. Uh, Adam, let's talk about Spotlight. Okay. Are you a fan of the occasional Boston <laughs> accent? We've got two stories here. A story about degenerate clergy and a story about a bunch of lawyers turning child abuse into a cottage industry. Cottage. <laughs> <laughs> well, then Spotlight is the movie for you. <laughs> Spotlight tells the true story of how the Boston Globe uncovered the massive scandal of child molestation in the Boston Catholic Archdiocese, the Bill Cosby of organized religion. <laughs> Sadly, oh. the investigation too and cover-up... Or too soon? Or just right on time. It's just right on time. <laughs> Sadly, the investigation and cover-up is a true story, but one we're already aware of, so what is this movie about exactly? Hmm. Priests molested young boys. Yep, we knew that. A newspaper exposes the cover-up and sends shockwaves all over the globe. Yep, knew that too. Mm-hmm. So unless Lonnie Anderson shows up and there are a couple of car chases, I'm not sure how this movie is showing us anything new about this story. <laughs> Gee, who wrote that line? I wonder. Uh, if you're a fan of the band XTC, or Ecstasy? No, XTC. XTC, I think. Because if you're a fan of ecstasy, it could be the drug. It's biopic. So you say whatever you want, sweetheart. If you're a fan of XTC, you might have noticed the cover version of their song, Dear God, is in the trailer. Maybe that's a better choice than using the band Boston. (laughs) (laughs) Ew, ew, ew. 
Spotlight is the second That's film this year set in Boston after Black Mass. And with all the creepy priests and even creepier lawyers here, we're kind of hoping Johnny Depp does a drive-by as Whitey Bulger. <laughs> <laughs> At its heart, Spotlight is about the importance of journalism to hold the powerful accountable for their actions against the weak. Because of the work of the newspaper, 130 people were able to come out of hiding. Oh, and for our younger listeners, journalism is the presentation of facts or description of events with, uh, without an attempt at interpretation. It disappeared around the turn of the century. Don't worry about it. Mm -hmm. To appeal to a younger <laughs> demographic, there's some talk of a spotlight for the millennial generation about oh. the four BuzzFeed journalists that labor to find out which Kim Kardashian selfie you are, no matter how much the answers surprise them. <laughs> well, you're not going to believe this. Now, the Boston Globe is giving this movie four stars. Not coincidentally, the same review given by Alter Boy Magazine. Oh. Oh. Flirty Bishop Magazine is yet to post their review. <laughs> now, this movie stars Brian Darcy James, who plays Matt Carroll, a reporter for the Spotlight section of the Globe, who uncovers the scandal single-handedly. That is not true. Oh, oh, it's true. The movie does star Brian Darcy James, star of Broadway Shrek the Musical, and part of the original cast of Titanic the Musical. And Michael Keaton. <laughs> and he's in rare form. L listen to this clip. We got a big day out there. Big one. We got a full moon. People are going to be amped. All right? Let's see what we got on hot tips, all right? Whoa. The new bath mats are in. <laughs> one more thing. We got a serial rapist in Crown Heights. What happens? What oh, that, oh, okay, that's right. That's right. Michael Keaton yeah. rounds out the cast. That's and, cool. and Mark Ruffalo. Oh, okay. Yes, yes, that guy. But I don't believe Mark Ruffalo was nominated for a Tony like Brian Darcy James was for this year's uh, Something Rotten. No, he's been nominated for a Tony. Okay, so the movie clearly has a thing for Broadway stars who turn green. My point is that <laughs> it mostly stars Brian Darcy James. And Rachel McAdams. I think you're just name dropping that you know Brian Darcy James. Well, maybe I'll just call Brian Darcy James and ask him who the star of the movie really is. That would prove my point. Okay. Just ringing. Just giving a call to my good friend, Brian Darcy James. This is so exciting, Adam. Okay. Mm -hmm. Still ringing. You'd think the voicemail would have picked up by now. You'd think it would have. You would think it would have. You sure got the right number? This is you know, his number. I got to so tell you, I learned that with um, iPhones, if you put the person on, you can tell if they're putting you directly to not answering. Oh, hold on. He might be. Oh, no, it's still not answering. Go ahead. Okay. What were you saying? Yeah, because it, it will ring and ring if they just don't even want you to go to their voicemail. Okay. All right. Well, still ringing. Well, Michael Keaton's officially back. Yeah, he looks great. That is cool. such great news. I mean, I, and I like Mark Ruffalo. This is very exciting. Oh but he God. wasn't gone for long. Keaton? 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 Keaton was for a while. Wow, yeah. No, he was just in uh, Birdman. No, That's no, what we're saying well, with yeah, that yeah. and this. <laughs> yeah, but That's before Birdman. what I miss. The, well, the no, no, previous we're 10 years. Oh, he wasn't back. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's the still back. Batman Returns. Wait, I got that. this. <laughs> Here's what I got this. Bart, he's actually pulling a Tom Cruise. Oh, okay. Oh. He decided to take a break, unlike Tom Cruise, yeah. but now he's been back two things in a row and been great And in being them. very Michael yeah. Keaton about Like it. being very Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, go. Tom we're, Cruise we're does good. not take a break. No. no. Yeah. He owes it to us. We all um, just we all just want to love Michael Keaton, right? I mean, even oh, yeah. even in the other guys, when he showed up in there, I was like, "What a uh -huh. bargain!" Nobody's putting him in <laughs> movies, and he's one of the funniest people. Of course, yeah. he can handle a comic line. Yeah. What a bargain! Um, <laughs> the one thing we were talking about earlier said, "What is the new story? The new twist on this?" And I take away from the trailer that the new twist is that now we're learning the lawyers were in on it, and it's one thing mm -hmm. to have the church covering it up; it's another thing to have these um 
priests and everything working together and moving them around in parishes. But to know that the lawyers who were supposed to be here to defend the the victims work to do these settlements so that they could cover it up too. That's I think the new well, takeaway is. That's the lawyers is. working for their clients. Yeah, the church. That's really gross. Scumbags. Mm. Yep. How about that? Scumbags. Oh, scumbags. Me. By the way, might I just reiterate? Yes. 130 children. My God. I know. I know. Yeah. Tip of the iceberg. Yeah. I mean, and those are just Bill the Cosby ones was you doing hear it about. To models. No, I'm kidding. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> it's horrible. It's horrible. At least he was doing it to adults. <laughs> well, I, I mean, think the youngest technically one. Technically, that's better. Uh, <laughs> and it's still horrible. They were asking for it. Anyway. Oh, we are so joking no. all over the place. Please take all of Why this with a grain of salt, except for the fact that Brian does dreams. Okay. Yes, that's that, that's amazing that you know that guy. We got to get him on the yeah, show. Kate's brother. That's very cool. Yeah. Um, why do you think it's called Spotlight? What's the deal there? That we're just putting a spotlight. That's the name of the section of the magazine. Or the the the, the department, Boston. yeah. Oh, yeah, the thank department. You. Okay. It's the spotlight department. Um, so. and I think it was funny whenever you were talking about what journalism is. <laughs> you left out the fact that you had to uh, have a number of different sources that all could co- what is that word? Big fancy word. Corroborate. I don't even know the word anymore. That could all corroborate the story, which that doesn't happen anymore. No, the internet corroborates everything. Yeah, and that's... Not on the internet. Corroborated. If it's on Twitter, it must be true. (laughs) That's messed up. I remember taking a journalism class, and I wanted to do some story about, you know, whatever in high school, and I couldn't run it because I didn't have three different separate sources. Yeah. And I think I was just doing, like, a bake sale thing. (laughs) Pay attention to how many times they they, they say things like, well, details are still sketchy or details are still coming in, but they're still giving you the story about how they don't know anything. Yes. I was thinking to myself, I can't do that at work. No. I can't go to work and they go, well, you know, Bart, you're late. Uh, why were you late? Well, details are still sketchy, <laughs> but uh, I think I may be hungover. I'm not sure. <laughs> we're not sure. We'll know more later. Details are still, we'll know more later. <laughs> but you keep them on the hook for 24 details hours. Details are still yeah. sketchy. I, I love that 24-hour news is the first not to know. We're CNN. We are here. We are the first to know. There's no new information. I can we're the first. A car went in there. We're pretty sure the car had something to do with the story we want to talk about. And stand by. Remember when Geraldo Rivera went to the King Tut's tomb, and it was live, and he or opened Capone's, it up. Right? Capone's oh, was it Capone? Are they, yeah. Okay, yeah. sorry, Capone, and he opened Simple mistake, up. Ken. Simple mistake. Simple <laughs> mistake. Same difference. Al Capone's vault. But he opened it up, and there's nothing in it. That was brilliant. Mm-hmm. That's what happens on the news all the time now. <laughs> yeah, you're <laughs> right. The news, and there's nothing it's, there. There's nothing there. <laughs> amazing. Yeah, really. He would just. He should have been able to make something out of that. That actually was one of the most amazing TV moments of it all time. It was. And I'm pretty we sure. all tuned in. And nothing in nothing it. Nothing happened. <laughs> well, they opened the vault, and it's an empty vault. And I think he saved it by saying, we're going to go through that wall back there, which is just the back wall of the vault. There's nothing on the other side of that wall except for the room. But but there was mystery that there might have been something. Sure. Most of the time, the news is, we got nothing. There's probably no hope that there's anything, mm. but we're talking anyway. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love the 45-minute lead-up to that. Just like our show. We are the movie guys. We have not seen these shows, but we're going to talk about them. Well, you open up the movie guys. There's a bunch of show in there. We could always go through the back wall if we have to. We are not the Geraldo Rivera's. uh, We're not the Al Capone vault of webcam podcast. We are not. I I guess you're right. I'm sorry about that. We are more like The View. Ooh, cut this all out. Christ, Karen, stop. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not being whoopee. Who wants to be whoopee? None of the above. (laughs) I think we're the, the real of uh oh jesus isn't that the sassier one in our next film <laughs> the nightmare uh, the nightmare the night before i always want to say the nightmare before christmas why love that movie love that movie in Great our next movie. film the night before seth rogan returns as an adult man child struggling to grow up and john wayne played a lot of cowboys so sue him <laughs> bart let's talk about it
First they took snowflakes off the Starbucks cups, now they're taking Christmas out of the phrase the night before Christmas. Bill O'Reilly will certainly attack this with a ferocity he usually reserves for ending his show with songs by Sting. We'll do it live! Fuck it! Do it live! I'll write it and we'll do it live! Isaac, played by Seth Rogen, has had a long-running tradition of spending Christmas Eve together with his friends, played by the charm overload of Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Anthony Mackie. Mm -hmm. But this year is the final year for the tradition, so they have to make tonight the best night of all time. Because movies where people set out to have an average Wednesday just don't captivate an audience. <laughs> Isn't that right, that awkward moment? <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be the best night of our lives! <laughs> oh, I don't know. I get a little worried when they say, It's going to be the best night of our lives! Whenever a trailer for a comedy says that, I can't help but lose a little bit of hope. Mm -hmm. That's like a horror movie, movie trailer saying, Don't worry, we're safe now. Or if a trailer for a Tom Cruise movie has someone saying, Nothing amazing to see here! You just know it's not going to be true. <laughs> Three friends who have been defiling the spirit of Christmas annually for the past ten years set out for one more night of sacrilege before one of them gets married. Christian women ruin everything. <laughs> On a related note, the Grinch has threatened to hack Sony Pictures' mainframe if this film is released as scheduled. Ah! Oh, good. From the looks of the Red Band trailer, the night before is what a Christmas carol would have looked like if Ebenezer Scrooge got all messed up on a bunch of drugs and started to hallucinate about his life. Oh, wait a second. Oh, wait. Yeah, <laughs> what? You know, they say Seth Rogen does all his own stunts, and by that we mean that's real weed he's smoking. <laughs> <laughs> he drinks real booze, and those pills he's popping, those are all full-on prescription strength. Talk about method, which I think he also does. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good joke. That's a subscribe joke right there. Just like, I'm subscribing. <laughs> Just like Adam Sandler does with family vacations, Seth Rogen figures out a clever way to expense all his drug use by getting a movie studio oh, yeah. to produce a movie about him doing a bunch of drugs. Yeah, nice. very smart. America. Good country, right? <laughs> to ease his fears of becoming a father, Seth's character takes a ton of drugs. What? I think we all have fears of Seth Rogen becoming a father, actually. <laughs> In one odd scene, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character snorts coke and tries to tightrope walk between the Twin Towers. <laughs> He dies. <laughs> Why do I get the feeling everything's great, the movie will beat out kid sex and child murder at the box office? And yet, what does it say that the future sucks will still win the weekend? <laughs> to recap, that drug use, uh, let's see, adult language, mm -hmm. vomiting, sure. strong mm -hmm. sexual mm -hmm. content, and yeah. graphic nudity. Mm -hmm. The Night Before, brought to you by the Hallmark Channel. Merry Christmas! <laughs> Merry Number five. Have a big ass weekend. Oh, I'm gonna take a nap. <laughs> I'm tired. Yeah, that took a little bit out of me. I'll I'm be honest with you. I'm tired. Good yeah. thing Lisa's here to do the rest of the show. Yeah. Oh. You wrapped this up for us. <laughs> mm -hmm. All right. You've got to bring the. You got to bring the last act here. Bring it in. What is Jonathan? Does anyone know what Jonathan Levine has directed since Fifty Fifty, or is this the first one since then? They're back by nobody's demand. Together uh, again. Oh please. Oh no. I'm no, demanding. No, no, no. Uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt? Oh my God! I thought he was your boyfriend. No, I, I like him. I just, I just, it's funny. I don't see them as a duo. Yet they, here they are. They're not the Farley uh, Spade yeah. of their generation, are they? Well, no, they haven't. They didn't do Saturday Night Live. Yeah. Or, no. or I think he didn't. He do some zombie movie. Oh, that's right. The uh, heart. Warm, uh, warm the warm bodies. Warm bodies. Warm bodies. Yeah. That's him. Oh. Who? Who's him? Warm bodies. The, the director. director. Uh, yeah. Oh. Okay. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, Franco mm -hmm. was in it. The Dave. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah. Uh, Nicholas Holt. That was before Fifty Fifty, though. Was it? Wasn't it? Okay. Yeah. 
But uh, but he did that, and he did something else too. I mean, he's he's, he's on a roll. I like him. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's a good. I like warm bodies. Yeah, he's a sol- He's sol- like him. Yeah. You'd like him. He's cute. And by the you way, should you should see it. We have entered. I, I'm a big fan of like eras for genres and sort of things. So in the comedy era that we're in right now, it's kind of interesting that there's guys like David Gordon Green and this guy that can play That's, uh, Joseph Gordon Levitt. Oh, sorry. You, you mispronounced it. <laughs> David Gordon Green. <laughs> Did I mispronounce it again? Yeah. <laughs> Who's Our Brandest Crisis is a great movie. Don't listen to the critics of the box office. Yeah, that was Go. a great movie. Oh, okay. Awesome. Uh, yeah, I want to see that. Movie pass. I will. Movie pass it. Um, but uh, but I, I really like that... Uh, well, I, I like that Seth Rogen is a genre, and I like that uh, that in these movies, in, in most of the movies, they'll take a guy like Joseph Gordon-Levitt, not a comedian, not traditionally a comic actor, and Anthony Mackie, not a comedian, not a comic actor, who are both super charming and play them to their comic maximum. I, I can't think of other examples, but in other movies, he's done this where you're like, oh, that guy's a really charming actor, and now he's part of a comedy ensemble. That's just kind of becoming part of Seth Rogen. Well, uh, Franco. Really, is, yeah. is not a comedian, and he's in all these funny movies with, with Seth Rogen. So I really Paul love that. Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd is Rudd. like that. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I love. True. That also, not funny. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I, oh, by the way, I mentioned the Grinch earlier. He's here, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah. Oh! Grinch Kaius. I like this trailer. It made me laugh out loud. I that know, whole Seth Rogen right? thing where he goes, "Do I look alright now?" And it's like, "No, <laughs> your eyes." So Cocaine funny. and the mushrooms are yeah. starting to have a bad reaction. It's that whole thing. It's like oh, there's something going on with your eye that just cracks me yeah. up. And he, his acting in that moment it's so is so good. I have been that drunk where you're like, oh, "Look, I'm going to try and act normal," and you're like, "I am I, not pulling this no. off." <laughs> How about now? No. No. <laughs> yeah. I've taken my pants off. Does that help? No. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> and by the way, a murderer's row of uh, little tiny cameos too. Great. Like lots of little tiny cameos. Look that way. I saw Mindy Kaplan. I saw Mindy Kaling. Yeah, yep. yeah. I submit to you as well to the table. I think that these guys are very smart to get on the Christmas movie <sighs> bandwagon. That's the best too, because right? I mean, I whenever it. Elf came out, that was exactly what um, they were talking to Marty uh, Artie Lang, and he says that every year he gets a big whopping check mm-hmm. because he's in Elf, and everybody, it's a family tradition, they watch it every year, and not saying this will be a family tradition, but there's no reason that kids coming up, you know, between 16 and 25, 30, they're going to watch this every year. They're going to yeah. watch it with their college buddies, and then they're going to watch it every year to remember that. It's they're gonna so try to smart. Do, they're going to play the, uh, it's already a game, you do the you drugs do he does yeah. that he's doing in the movie, <laughs> yeah. and you keep up with Seth and do those drugs. I bet you they will, and people will go around and try to do all those events and stuff. It's a great idea. But, but we came up with such an era of Christmas mo- Christmas movies and holiday specials were such a thing yeah. in our era that people our age, like Seth Rogen, and and you know, uh, there a lot of people are now making Christmas specials because it's like I want to make a Christmas movie. Well, I know somebody who's making a oh, Christmas yeah. special. Uh, that, for example, Mr. Bill Murray is going to be having one on December fourth oh, on enough. Netflix, and you can watch it every day. Enough with right the movie previews, a Coppola made that movie. And next she's week, doing so well. Uh, let's see uh, next. Next week, I think we get down to a manageable number of three new releases Good. to cover. Which oh, maybe I'll get you my jokes in time. <laughs> <laughs> but, enough, uh, but enough for now. We need to talk to our guest, yes. the founder and main writer at therealcritic.com, R-E-E-L, critic.com, Lisa Menzi. Now, let's get some real movie talk. You've seen you've seen these things. Yeah, some of them I've seen, not all of them. Um Actually, I have a team that is scattered around the country now, so a they team? can help fill in for me when I'm off traveling or oh, working wow. on stuff. So. Yeah, a team, that's like what travel. we need, a team. Yeah. It seems like you travel and work. We do, they're all here. I do, I do. Um, <laughs> like what? Uh, just, I just got oh, yeah, back I see from you at Austin. Film Fest and stuff. I do, so, yeah. I just got back from Austin about two weeks ago. 
That was fantastic. What what were they going on? A screenwriting conference. So in addition to all this wonderful film criticism that I do, I also am a screenwriter and do other writing ventures for marketing and wide gamut of... You finished scripts? I do. That is one of the most challenging things (laughs) in the world to do. Well, that first 30 pages, I got that. Uh, Boom. Yeah, it's it's definitely a challenge to Mm. finish scripts. I got a bunch started right now um, trying to work through them. But uh, just getting those last, like, third acts done is just kind of like, oh, God, please just make this end. So... Then you come home and throw a bunch of reviews up on the website. Yeah. Well, it helps. That's how I started... um, Mm -hmm. uh, really getting into the reviews is because I needed something to fill the time between scripts. So the best way for me to do that is crying wasn't going. working out for you. <laughs> well, That's I usually how I do it in between so scripts, just movies. sobbing and <laughs> crying. Well, I was like, well, that works. Nope, yeah. not that. Don't want to have that. And so it just, it helped me become a better writer by reviewing films. By talking about how bad everyone else is. This is how exactly. I work. She probably <laughs> likes things too, though, I, Bar, unlike you. Yeah. I, I love I, things. <laughs> Mostly Tom Cruise. Yeah. Ooh. Let me yeah. ask this. Do you have a writer who you love who writes screenplays? Like some people are like, man, I love Patty Chayefsky or whatever. You know? uh, I do. A lot um, of jazz guys will say it like that. Yeah. Man, I love Patty Chayefsky. I love Sophia Patty Chayefsky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's a few. Who uh, Stephen Chbosky is a real good one. He wrote uh, Perks Being a Wallflower. Mm. And oh, really? uh, I, I tend to like the authors that cross over. So he wrote Perks, the novel, as well as this. He directed and oh. wrote the screenplay for the film. You're like Nick Hornby? I do like Nick yeah. Hornby. And the um, range. Uh, Karen, every time I hear that name. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you like John Green, friend of the show? <laughs> I can always think of Nick Hornby. <laughs> I can't think of anything he's written. Uh, Fault in Our Stars. Okay. <laughs> oh, Paper oh, Towns. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so it's it's just been a, just an interesting kind of journey with this writing from criticism to screenplays. Did you start the site? I did start the site. That is cool. uh, gosh, back in 2009, I want to say. They had the internet back then? They did. Yeah, that's what <laughs> we were on there. Oh, okay. Infancy. So kind of had to learn. Um, Mostly hand cranked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The internet. Rat with the wheel. Yes, oh, that's sure. The squirrels. Oh, rat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you had that DSL, it was two rats. Yes. Mm-hmm. Did you, uh, in your travels, uh, fasts, conferences, what have you, uh, who's the coolest people you've talked to, interviewed, oh, that gosh. type of thing? Um, Excluding the table. Excluding mm-hmm. the table. We already know. Um, I've got to, in this last trip, uh, some of the fun people I did get to meet were Terry Rossio and Shane Black. Oh, oh uh, Shane Went Black, to Shane hero. Black's party, by the way. You went to the Halloween what? party? Oh, no, no, no. no, no a no. party in Austin. Oh, nice. Yes, I <laughs> have in the past. I love Shane Black. Like, this was two weeks ago, right? No, this was a couple years ago oh, okay. that I did his party, but um, got to spend time talking to them this time around. So um, cool. Yeah, it was, it was a good time. Just being able to talk to these guys and kind of learn their process and just getting like inspiration from them it's it's just so valuable terry rossio argo terry or rossio pirates, pirates. Of pirates yeah. of the Caribbean. Wow, and ted elliott right and Shrek and, elliott. and uh oh yeah that's right uh, god. national treasure oh my god yeah that that was wild meeting him that was there's guys wild. like him and the guys who wrote ed wood who wrote ed wood I should Kar- Karaszewski yeah it's and something like that Larry Karaszewski and also, yeah there's also a duo I yeah, know I've done like 10 things you love yeah and you Terry Rossi and Ted Elliott and Larry Karaszewski Alexander something and Larry Karaszewski yeah so I mean I took some time off because I just moved to LA about two years ago so I took some time off between um, 
the move. So I worked in production and distribution. So that was a whole nother like oh, wow. side of That's a the great industry. Thing to know. Yeah. Yeah. That when people say that movie making's a messy business, it's like a butcher shop. It's crazy uh-huh. trying to get things from the when they're in script form to the time they're out in theaters. It's just like it's a miracle that it's done. Wow. <laughs> so like well, how do you mean? Like just it, taking the product after it's out, done with the filmmaker's hands, and reformatting and re or the legal so, challenges. Well, and that's okay, so basically, a movie is made three different times. So you have your script phase, where it's once you hand that over to the director, then it's a whole other movie yeah, because production. it's going through production. Mm-hmm. Then once you get into post production, it's in the editor's hands, and then it becomes that movie. But once it hits the distributor's hands, so the studio or if it's an indie distributor, mm. they may have their own say on the notes of the that cut. So it could be a completely different movie, but from the time you get it from script to screen. Mm. Yeah. So it, 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 it all depends on like clearance first, like music we were talking about earlier, yeah. um, f- stock footage, like uh, just personality. It's, it's amazing. So when I tr- do these reviews, I try to take that into consideration. Good. Mm-hmm. I try to take that into Unlike consideration. Unlike those tomato throwers. Exactly. Because mm-hmm. right. nobody sets yes. out to make a shitty movie. No, right? Just, no. That's it's not exactly your objective. It. No, it, for someone to actually put their artwork out there is just like, hey, great job. But Unless it's a studio, then they got it coming because they know better and they could do better and they don't. They could, but um, it depends on... A lot of different things. Mm-hmm. So I, I enjoy studio movies. Not all of them, but I do enjoy the majority of them. Um, well, you re- review a ton of them on your site. I do. But I saw something recently where you posted that you were watching an indie film. So oh, you cover God. those a lot? I mean, it I seems do. like you cover them a lot by the way you're talking. More out here I do. Um, so I don't, I don't even know how to say the film just yet. Well, here's the thing. On our site, I'll only review it. I'll only post a review if it's positive. Because I mean, indie yeah. films, they're trying. You they're know, trying. And like if it's a bad review, it's like, They're yeah, trying, and it's do. so hard. Because but sometimes they want the review. They want to tell us what's yeah, up. You sometimes know? you want to be like, because I have to interview some of these filmmakers afterwards, and it just gets so awkward. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, great job for getting that done, guys. It was finished <laughs> and everything. Yeah, hey. <laughs> oh, wow. Hey, I like It's got sound show. to those pictures. Well done. There was an old Steve Martin sketch where he talked about what to do if you see your friend's performance up. A play because mm. if it's a great performance piece of cake however if it's not great there's a couple of things you can do and you can use these techniques oh. there is the silent yet elegant hug just hug them just be <laughs> like oh, and you hug them or there's also the um one where you nod your head hug so now them. i can't ever hug you after a performance no, you just go <laughs> what can i say and you just hug them <laughs> words cannot express how i'm feeling <laughs> yeah stuff like that words, oh Oh, that was so you. 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 That was so you. My yes. personal you were in favorite that. is, you hey, were so in that. congratulations. <laughs> yes. Because you don't want to lie. No. Yeah. And I just, I don't want to be like too like discouraging because I, it's an artist thing. You can't, you don't want to discourage someone from pursuing their art. So, um, yeah, I try to take that in consideration when I do watch these films because each film has its own audience. I truly believe this. Um, but it's a matter of matching up that film with the correct audience. And so many times these studios will like do this, the, like throw it at the wall, hope it sticks sort of approach to showing their movie. And it's like, eh, you're kind of missing the target here. This audience actually belongs over there. So you'd want to have these people look at your film. 
And it seems like the success of a, of a small indie film is often a, a, a distributor who figures out, no, if we target very hard exactly who this appeals to, it spreads in a way that they you would think that they when they when they go extremely broad they'll, they'll name a movie a verb so they're like I, we don't want people to know too much it's about so that everybody might accidentally go see it huh. you're never going to quite appeal the, the the way that you get an indie success is by by very specifically targeting and just nailing that that, that the audience that it's actually yeah, appealing to a little secret here is that when distributors are taking a look at these films like if they go to the film market Part of what I used to have to do is I had to research these films and the filmmakers and the actors and seeing like what their social media presence was, what uh, their what uh, huh? that is evil. So people need to kind of work on these sort of things yeah, when they're yeah, promoting yeah. their films. Mm -hmm. And so, but if you made a bad film and you have four million following. Twitter followers, oh, then does it dis get distribution? Oh yeah, oh <laughs> definitely. You, how many people Gosh. are you going to tell uh, that we, you were on our show today? How many is that going out to? Um, at least a thousand. There you go. Uh, now it's starting. The there we go. Uh, so you yeah. just <laughs> made the cutoff. Yeah. You can stay. We're going to have to cut this off right away. Yeah. <laughs> Is there an indie film that you championed that went on to great things? Oh, you actually had him here on oh. um, Shuffle. Mr. Oh, yeah, Kirk, Kirk Kenny. Kenny from Bad Kid Begins. Yes. Oh, he was great, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I saw his film Shuffle in Phoenix. And I still haven't seen that. Uh, I know I hear it's amazing. If you see it, see the black and white version. Hmm. See that version first. I think it's on Netflix, but is the black and white version on Netflix? Oh, let me uh, add it I'm to not the list. sure. Yeah, apparently. Um, what is uh, Shuffle? A uh, friend of the show, Paul Osborne, praised it as well. Since I haven't okay. seen it, what is Shuffle? Shuffle is about this uh, guy who wakes up one day and he's eight years old. And then he wakes up again and he's 85 years old. Mm -hmm. And he's kind of caught in this weird like cycle where he doesn't know why he's like out of sequence with his life so he has to try to go back and figure out uh -huh. what's the catalyst for why he's living his life out of order uh -huh. and it's just it's so well executed and just beautifully shot i can't say enough good things about it did it, kurt direct it he did yeah. and he wrote the music for it so i mean kurt i've talked to him about this a few times i'm just like it's probably in my top 10 favorite movies of that i've ever seen wow. that's great that's quite yeah that's good. Inter interesting. The, the, in terms of storytelling, I heard a I heard an uh, analogy told once from Quentin Tarantino in the commentary track, and that that reminds me of it. That it's so great to make an audience question what is going on, but it's so antithetical to what the studios want. Yeah. If they go, wait a second, the audience is confused at minute two. We must clarify. And as long as people are enjoying the storytelling, they can enjoy going, what's going on? Because oh, as long as you're going to answer fiction it. fiction is all over that. Exactly. And right? I'm, what I'm is going one on? one of those people that never knows what's going on. Yeah. I had no idea what was going on. Loved every second. Well, I think here the, the problem which most films have these days are that they don't focus enough on the emotional content. Mm -hmm. They yeah. kind of force feed it, and it's more of a structural approach. Like this will happen in the first act. This will happen in the second act. Oh, surprise, gunfight, end. <laughs> And it's yeah. that whole reality TV mentality where it's just like you're kind of automatic in your response. And it's so important to have that emotional element when you're telling a story or making a film that it becomes memorable. Just think about all the films in the 80s, all the really cool movies that like bring out the excitement and adventure like Indiana Jones or E.T. or any of these movies that you grew up with. That There's that emotional component. Like and John Hughes it. movies. Yeah. Exactly. There's this, this great, yeah. Oh, yeah. Breakfast Club. Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah. even yeah. Lethal Weapon. Exactly. I mean, there hasn't been yeah. a hero who's put a gun in his mouth in, in, a, in an action movie till then and it was 
like, whoa, who whoa, is this yeah. guy? And I'm going to follow him and see mm-hmm. what he's up to. And I would say, as, a, as I'm a big superhero fan, because there was an era where that was not done well at all, mm-hmm. and there's an era we're living in right now where that is done very well. And it does come down to an emotional thing. The very idea that Captain America was frozen in a block of ice, and now he is here, and he's 80 years behind, and yet he has these old values is the essence of that character and it's played for emotion like when he and tony stark go up against they have two opinions on how to do how to fight this menace it's it's so emotional those movies they don't i don't know if they get enough credit for it really but i could say all the movies that i remember seeing this year that really i would recommend to anyone all have that emotional element so inside out me earl and the dying girl bat kid begins Mm. i just those are the ones that i'm like i cried my eyes out (laughs) loved it go see it so and i inside out i I love pixar they were great but that second viewing really knocked that movie home for me so if you haven't seen it twice yeah recommend yeah definitely so let's go into then what your favorite movie of all time is we ask every guest who comes in you asked me this earlier (laughs) give it prep time okay you did give me prep time and it's i'm gonna go with that more emotional element with uh, this one. It's a movie called Only You with Robert Downey Jr. Oh, wow. yes. And the reason being is it helped. Wow. It, I, I traveled because of that movie. I traveled to Italy and ah. it was just it, I was I think 14 when I saw it. I'm like I have to go there. Look at all this beautiful land. I have to go there. So that would be and my. She's putting it on her list. <laughs> Karen is a keep, keep, keep typing, Karen. I, You're gonna like this one. It is so <laughs> cheesy. I love Robert Downey. You're gonna like this one. It this, is so cheesy. This is pre-Iron Man re, re, uh, Robert Downey reboot. But it's Iron Man in Italy. But it's it is. we've been to Italy, and I will totally love that. Post, it is. post back to school pre-Iron Man. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen it, and that's like prime Marissa oh, Tomei too. Oh, this is pre-Kiss right? Kiss Bang Bang before yeah, he sure. made his comeback. Yeah. So. There you go. Right. Ah, written by Shane Excellent. Black. Written Thank and directed you. by Shane Black. Oh, where did it go. take place in Italy? Mm-hmm. Where did you go? Um, where did I go? The, 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 where that the movie took place? Where you went, right? Yes. Uh, I was in Rome, so I got to do all the Heard stuff in Rome we that did they Rome. went to, all and right. uh, Positano, down the Amalfi Coast. Okay. Mm. So, and I was running around, and I have pictures of me like sticking my hand in the sewer things, like, "Look, I'm from the movie." <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we kind of did a self. Guided angels and demons tour when yeah. we were in Rome. Right. I wanted to see the statue that he, you know, what was it, the uh, Saint Teresa statue and all the other locations. That fountain where the dude they threw the guy in the fountain. The Piazza Novona. It wasn't like romantic, that. but no. it was it fun. Was yeah. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, yours was romantic by the sounds of it. Uh, interesting choice. <laughs> yeah, it's hmm. it's a good flick. All right. Well, let's get to uh, what did you see this week? What did you see this week? <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Adam Pesca. Adam Pesca. Oh! Fantastic. Fantastic. That's so cool. Uh, so I ask you then, <laughs> Table, what did you see this week? I mean, we know you saw Legend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what else? Uh, well, last week was AFI, so I was able to see a plethora of good movies. Um, what kind of movies do they show at that? Because I, I always see all the signs. I never make it, and it takes over the town it, when, it, when it comes out. It's, it's cool. It's quite, quite insane. Um, yeah. So it's just anything from world cinema to shorts, uh, the big studio award films coming out this year. Okay. So um, it's some it's some stuff that's been released, some stuff that's some, unreleased. Yeah, some yeah, of it's okay. future released. So okay. it's like these are Oscar qualifying festivals, so they can okay. do their awards uh, stuff. But I was able to see Hitchcock and Truffaut. 
which Whoa. is a documentary that you guys got to check wait, out. Wait, wait, wait. They've made a documentary out of this? They I'm obsessed did. with this. They did. <laughs> oh, my and God. I yeah. found the original tapes. You could find, I, I found them online. Somebody posted all oh, the So original. what, they had conversations? It was a documentary where they took um, the recordings of that meeting between Hitchcock and Truffaut. Apparently, it's a textbook that they use yeah, in there's film a huge, school. Oh. Um, you would love it. Yeah, it's it was just stunning. They broke it down and had uh, guest interviews from like David Fincher and Martin Scorsese. It's an essential film directing guide because nobody had picked apart Hitchcock's movies before. They were just movies that people were like, oh, that's good. And then Travaux's like, no, 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 no. This is how you figure out how to direct movies. And I'm going to ask him how you directed these movies. And nobody was asking that at the time. This is like a very different yeah. era, you know, where this uh, film brats were starting to come up and and, and idolize these people and, and John Ford and all these. Yeah, people. and yeah, interesting, very cool. interesting enough, uh, Truffaut was a film critic in France. Yeah. So... And I was telling Lisa before, I only know Truffaut from his acting career. Yeah, that's hilarious. Close Encounter. Yeah, so that's, <laughs> that's great. But, oh, that's cool. So that's like film school. And you say all the greats show up in it, right? Scorsese. And yeah, Fincher, Scorsese, a couple Ooh. other ones that I just can't oh, think wow. of at the moment. Um, but yeah, if these festivals are just a great way to catch up. Is that one free? Yes, it is. Um, wow, what, what, what was I doing? Yeah. It is, but then you have to be really quick with getting the tickets because oh, okay. they release so much. Um what else did I but see? But I know some people work at AFI. Why oh, am I Carol. Working Carol. Oh, and <laughs> The Big Short. Oh, <gasps> loaded with talent. Was it as good as I want it to be? Are you on Critic <laughs> Lockdown or no? Oh, I'm going to be on Critic Lockdown for a little bit, but uh, just... Yay. It's good stuff. What is The Big right. Short? Yeah, what is that? It's uh, Brad Pitt, Steve Carell, um, my other boyfriend, Ryan Gosling, mm-hmm. um, all about Bale. Christian Bale, all about shorting the banks and the mortgage crisis. Oh, cool. Oh. Directed by Adam and, McKay. Oh, fantastic. Awesome, all right, awesome. second set of fame. Uh, that is good. I didn't hear I didn't hear Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie's name together. Mm. So I'm feeling that that might be worth seeing. That helps a yes. movie. Did you see yeah. By the Sea? I hear it's wretched. Oh. I, I skipped that one. I want to yeah. see it so bad. We are on an unprecedented... <laughs> I, I would oh. like to check the history on this. This has to be an unprecedented run of poorly reviewed movies coming out in theaters. Mm. I mean, I we s- had uh, Paranormal Activity Ghost Dimension tanked, Gem and the Holograms tanked, uh, Rock the Casbah tanked, yeah. By the Sea tanked, everything last week tanked. What else did we talk about? It all tanked, except yeah. Trumbo. Um, oh, there was one other. Uh, last Witch Hunter yeah. tanked. Uh, it, it's not like none of it's like none of it's good. Like there's yeah. a ton mm-hmm. of movies in the last five weeks, and most well, of them are bad. Well, they're trying to say that the Sandra Bullock movie tanked, but it was really good. That was really good. Yeah, yeah. Tank, so that's no, not fair. I, just, Sadly. I stay away from Jolie films when I know she's directing because I know it's going to be depressing as hell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's got some dark side going on there. She does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's she an does. amazing story about uh, Louis Zamperini from Unbroken about how he forgave. His captain. That's the story. That's just an epilogue. She's, yeah, she, like, you're right. She oh, sticks to last, the depressing yeah. shit. Last five minutes of the movie. Oh yeah, he der- he just decided to be all like forgiving and stuff. But that's like, for two hours. Oh. It's like I just want to just crawl in my seat and just like just dissolve. It was like so watching the the Last Temptation of Christ where he's walking with the cross. You're like, somebody help the dude. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> Nobody lended him a hand. No, huh? let's you go. Jordan, please. Yeah. So oh. skip Jolie directed films. That's well, I mentioned Trumbo. We saw that. Uh, I thought that was fantastic. Oh, I saw that. Yeah, I didn't Karen see didn't that. I do want to see, see that. It, oh, it was fantastic. Yeah, it's do really good. Well, you know, it's it's a great story of freedom of speech. You know, it was a horrible mm-hmm. time. I don't, think you, can, I don't think you can look yeah. back on that era and go, well, they knew what they were doing. No, <laughs> it was a mess. It was a mess. And this movie yeah. does makes no bones about saying that all these people got silenced by... Um, these are screenwriters who were uh, told to be commies. And this was a discussion we had last week. We weren't sure mm-hmm. if they were communists. They were. 
Because I was wondering if, you but know, that, how many, but how that many people... just meant you were in a union at that time. Sometimes, like yeah, that just was just a, that was not. Commie was yeah. not yet what it was during the height of the Cold War. You know, it wasn't yet. There was no Russians in Cuba yet. It was just like, oh, communist. Like, oh yeah, I joined one of those because I had to because I was in the footfitters union or right. whatever. You, you got a job and you union. had to join. Yeah, yeah. yeah like, it's oh, what yeah, Brian, I mean, Brian Cranston. I, I heard him in an interview, and he said it's basically people were looking for work. And the Communist Party says, this is how we get jobs. We can work together, unionize, whatever we got to do. Like Mormons. Mormons yeah, do it's that. like the Mormons. <laughs> it's like the Mormons. They keep it in the family. <laughs> Cranston's great. John Goodman. And the Jews. John Goodman and mm-hmm. uh, Stephen Root play the King <gasps> Brothers, who have never heard of before. Stephen but Root. I want to go back and watch all of their movies, because they were one of the first groups, besides Kirk Douglas, who, of course, famously put Dalton Trumbo's name on Spartacus and broke the blacklist when he was having to write under a pseudonym up until then. But the King Brothers had him work on all these scripts without giving them the credit, but just paying him. Like, mm-hmm. he gave him work when he needed work. He had a family. He did, no one was... He's like, we'll give you just work on these horrible scripts. A uh, guy meets an alien, and they have an adventure or whatever. <laughs> and he was working on these scripts, and they just proudly put out horrible movies. All the, and, and they're just hilarious. Yeah. Sounds like your kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, that's totally Bart's Root move. Very funny. Oh, my Wood gosh. Style. That's so Ed Wood. That's you know, Lane is good. Um you know, it's it's it's. Paul and I saw a friend of the and show. And it's Jay Roach, which oh. again is shocking and surprising. Paul and I. Oh, are you done? Little Fockers guy. Sorry. Good. Go okay. Paul and I saw a friend of the show Mike Nichols movie that he edited called Toy Masters. Is there any colon in there? Or just Toy Masters. Just Toy Masters. And it was really good. It was really interesting. It was about the whole He-Man phenomenon, and that was interesting oh, to me because I never. I'm- cared about that i really cared about you would that. love to yeah, see this I it was see this. really interesting they played it at the egyptian a while ago and then we saw a screening of it uh privately because we're movie guys mm. but um no, what was do. neat about it is i will go back to what lisa said it's um for people who grew up with he-man it means one thing to know about the toys i didn't care at all about that but when i started watching it it was all about this relationship these men have and who created He-Man and the fact that their dreams, one guy's just holding his whole life on that, being able to say it, and the other guy's saying, no, he didn't, I did, it's all he said and she said, and then the toy company is just horrible to them oh. and doesn't treat them like people, and it becomes all about just dreams being smashed. And so it becomes very personal. Directed by Angelina Jolie. Yes. <laughs> Angelina came in and she found all of the most depressing things she could from About the footage. He-Man. Leave it to that broad said. to ruin He-Man. <laughs> she did. It was so interesting because of the yeah. story behind how it got to where it is. They, the, their ad calls it the King of Kong of He-Man. And it's true because oh, what you huh. have to do is basically bring up a villain and bring up a hero. And the two people who both claim to have invented He-Man, they're at odds with each other. Ah. But... It uh, switches it a couple it times more than King of Kong. Oh, wow. Billy Mitchell is the villain from yeah, King of yeah. Kong, you know, and Weeby is uh, I think his name was right. Steve Weeby was yeah, the hero. Weeby. So, but now these guys go back and forth because you hear one guy tell a story, and then you, later on you get some context. You feel goes, like a oh, jury. A second, oh. yeah, yeah. and so it goes back and forth, and it's it's well done in that respect. Paul, do I have my uh, title, my theme music this week, or no? Yes. From Turner Broadcasting System, you're watching Superstation WTBS Atlanta. Perfect. Bart doesn't leave his house. So, Bart, what was on TBS? Uh, I, I, I caught uh, two movies, um, Collateral, 
which oh. wow, that's a good one. That might be one of my favorite Tom Cruise. <laughs> you movies. forget how good it is, right? Because you do. Yeah. There, there's this great scene where you he's do. that's an Ace's movie where what, he's explaining what's yeah. it like in Bart's house when he's like, "What's on TBS?" <laughs> and it's a Tom and Cruise. And it's a Tom Cruise <laughs> movie. Here's what that I'm must starting be up to think. Yeah. All right, I have a feeling that a Pavlovian response whenever you do your Bart does his laundry, he thinks Tom Cruise. Yeah. Because I picture this. I picture you're at your house. It's Saturday mm-hmm. afternoon. Mm-hmm. You're folding your laundry. This happens. Yes. In the living room. And then you're watching Tom Cruise movie That's on right. TBS. I think, I think it's a Schrodinger's cat. You can't prove that a Tom Cruise movie wasn't already going to be played. But the positive vibes <laughs> right. in the laundry, yeah. it just pops up. And you can't prove that it wasn't always going to be there. The laundry Bart pushes it, it over yeah, the edge. Bart made it happen. Yeah. He brings that Tom Cruise. And, and I didn't recognize it. I haven't recognized it before. I saw it this time. He's explaining to Jamie Foxx <sighs> about the guy he just killed. Mm-hmm. And he goes on this long diatribe about uh, you know Rwanda and all these people being killed. And why are you so upset about me killing this guy? I just killed one fat Angelino. I, I, I off one fat Angelino and you throw a hissy fit. And then he pauses and he goes, but if it helps you, he was a, he was a very bad man. He was a very bad man. <laughs> he, was a he was a very bad man very involved criminal. in an ongoing criminal enterprise. Exactly. Yeah. Does that help? Yeah. <laughs> and he does it with that, that matter-of-fact charm that he delivers other... He was a very bad man. Now. Involved in an ongoing criminal enterprise. Does that help you? Um, the, you, then the other you thing, no longer have the cleanest cab in Los Angeles. That's a fact you're going to have to deal with. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you're rooting for him. You are rooting for this horrible assassin. Mm-hmm. But the other thing I saw... Um, was something if you not yeah, seen you it? Do. oh yeah seen Lady this. Macbeth the light <laughs> um, was on free television uh oh Big Lebowski which oh. I had to oh, watch hilarious. only because why that's how like, that must be like watching yeah, Breakfast Club on regular TV I hope, right yeah I hope the editor got paid per edit because <laughs> because what they did was they didn't they didn't change or bleep they just silenced it oh, and so, oh okay that well that's a respectable way of doing it the fun way is when you dub it in right yeah, yeah. rappers on uh, on TV are like that a lot too cause a in a yeah with a, <laughs> oh yeah because all night and yeah, it's like it's that's crazy, what it was like you can't even listen to it that's what it was like watching the Big Lebowski it was just come on Walter uh, okay. <laughs> it sounds like they're stuttering. Yeah, yeah I, I, I was tapping my, my speaker. I'm like, oh, no, there's just, yeah, every other word's fucked, though. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, make a note in that script. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every word is the Adam? <laughs> Got that right. I had. I'm wearing the t shirt for anybody watching YouTube. What right happened now? at the New Beverly? Oh, my God. I had. I had the best time I've ever had in a movie theater, <laughs> I think. I mean, you know, it's been so long since, like, opening night, Return of the Jedi. I've, I've always said that's one of the most fun times I've ever had in a movie. But this was something special. I found out ahead of time they were doing a Friday the 13th marathon on Friday, November the 13th from 7.30 p.m. until 9.30 a.m. Saturday morning. And I got my tickets, and uh, the... I was overwhelmed with joy at this. <laughs> I love these movies, of course, but partially it's because they're they're just a hoot, right? They're just the, the Godzilla of like teen slasher movies. You know, same things happen each time, but in a slightly different way. That's kind of fun. Um, so I love all these movies. I've grown up with all these movies, and they all sort of indicate a certain era in my life. So there's the ones I watched on TV with Richard Jones when we were finally able to watch horror movies, and then we got the VCR, and there was the one you rented with the VCR, and you're able to watch over and over, and then there was finally the one I got to watch in the movie theaters, and then there was the one that we finally got to go alone to the movie theaters, but then we weren't allowed to get in, so we had to ask two people, uh, me, Richard, my cousin Joe, and, and Greg Klink, I had to ask two people to act to be our parents, and we got in front 
Friday Thirteenth Part Seven at the Contiki in Dayton, Ohio. I grew up with a clink. You did, yeah, Bruce. As <laughs> <laughs> clinks everywhere. I just want you to know that if any kids out there need help sneaking into a movie, Paul and I will pretend to be your parents. Yeah. <laughs> so there's this whole emotional history of Friday the Thirteenth movies, and they're and they're just a hoot. And then there's the new Beverly, which I've been engaged in a relationship with, as we know, for the last nine years. Yes. It's literally the first thing I did when I moved to Los Angeles, and and could have easily gotten lost and gone horribly wrong, but I had to get there for their the first Grindhouse night that was was happening when I moved here but these Friday the 13th movies and you know I don't watch them all the way through you know every Halloween I'll put them on and it, they're, they're good but you know to watch them all the way through with an audience that's cheering and applauding you know as soon as Kevin Bacon shows up in the first one oh, there's a round of applause as soon as like Crispin Glover shows up big applause <laughs> I mean all the big kills you know like the big famous ones of course Mrs. Voorhees getting her head cut off at the beginning of one giant applause you know uh, it's, it's just so it was just so exciting because everybody was so excited about the these dumb, silly movies, but that we're all just in love with. And then every in between every movie, you go out to the sidewalk, and you're doing this all night long. Did you're, people stay all night like all, you did? The whole time. Wow. Every, most people left between six and seven and seven and eight. And the wow. eight was the last survivors. And eight, I've maybe seen once, as big a fan as I am of Friday the 13th. So this is a great way to go out. And we're all kind of punch drunk and not respectful at that point. <laughs> like, even as goofy and silly as those movies get, like, the New Beverly crowd was like, well, I'm not going to laugh at it because the performance is so bad. I'm going to laugh at it more as the context or the weird things sort of happen at a right angle or something. But, uh, but by eight, we were all just like, holy crap. I can't believe everybody dresses like we dressed in high school. Yeah. Just as ridiculous oh. 90s clothing. That's Eight, Takes Manhattan, right? 1989, yeah, yeah, Jason Takes Manhattan. And uh, oh. God, I just love these movies. And Amazing. it was just a great, it was this great marathon. I love a good marathon. You know that about me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I just, and it was just like such a for real marathon. It was amazing. It was, it was the greatest time. I, 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 the rest of the weekend, I was just like, that was the greatest time. I just kept repeating <laughs> myself. I'm like, I had the greatest time. Did you go by yourself and just make friends when you got there? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and, and trust me, lots of friends to make. You're you're conferring in between each one on the sidewalk. Oh, and great little trivia, great little piece of trivia. I don't know if everybody knows. I wanted to give you a clip, actually, because it's really funny to listen to. But Friday the 13th Part 3 in 3D has a disco version of the Friday the 13th theme. Maybe you could drop it in here. (laughs) But so I'm editing... I, I'm, I'm doing my job. I'm editing up right up until like 7 o'clock. At 7.30 it starts and I say, I gotta go and it's like that. And I was doing this commercial and this it turns out this guy I worked for, his dad was a disco producer in the 70s and had a couple famous disco songs and we were using one of them for the tracks for this commercial. And he just drops and he knows for days that I've been going to this fest and he drops it in reference. He goes, uh, oh, you know, my dad did the theme to Friday the 13th Part 3. Oh. I was like, you're just dropping what? that? What? <laughs> because it's the disco theme and I said, well, I thought Harry Manfredini did that and he's like oh yeah yeah the composer of the movie and my dad got together to create and it's a very famous cheesy song and that was, I was just like well, this is kismet you know like and that's then, amazing and then in between two and three there was a guy that's like oh I'm so excited for three because he loved that song and I like got this. give me what is what are six and seven those are the ones I lose because up to five I get you know you get one through four is like seven. a thing five is a new beginning yeah and eight he's in Manhattan that's just crazy oh yeah so, that's just great. what yeah. is six and seven six and seven is when it goes 
off the rails more. Uh, <laughs> six is where they bring him back to life with a bolt of lightning. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's Tommy, true. who kills him in four and is insane in five, as some other guy poses to be Jason, uh, d- decides to go to the graveyard and stab him with an that's iron right. pole, that's and right. then the lightning strikes it and brings Jason back to life. And at that point, as I would say about the Batman and Robin rule, all bets are off, right? <laughs> Once you brought Jason back together with a bag with a bolt of lightning, allow for everything. Allow for everything. <laughs> yeah. And there's even a point where I mean. Six is six is the most fun, funny one. It's 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 kind of scream before scream. It's making fun of Friday the Thirteenth. It's literally winking to the audience. There is an Undertaker that when they dig up Jason's body, he disappears or whatever, and he goes, "Oh man, why they why they dig up Jason?" And he turns to the camera and says, "Some people got a funny funny uh, taste for entertainment." Like he says that into the camera, and you're like, "All right, all bets are off in this movie," and, and it does. And seven is the new blood, which is Jason versus uh. Carrie. So there's a, a woman who's a telekinetic and can move things. I mean, you know, the movies, yeah, yeah, yeah. they're just grasping at this point. But that's the fun of it. You watch yeah. them start to grasp. Well, you see why they went to space eventually. <laughs> we got nothing. And that is why it's the most brilliant series of movies of all time. <laughs> you go, we watch Friday 13th Part 1, this elegant horror movie that defined the genre. And it's very remarkable, respectable sequels through four. But then realize, at some point, we're going to space. And everything in between <laughs> makes sense. <laughs> Everything in between makes sense. So All that's right, it. Well, that was a long-winded, but no, that, that was, was the, that the best time I've ever had. That was I amazing. Mean, you saw a week's worth of movies in a day. I did. It was incredible. Uh, let's go to Karen now for the big finale, the way we would love to wrap up the show here, with Karen's weekly look at the birthdays of those who make the movies. Mm, birthdays. Karen's mm. birthdays. Take it away. Let's start off our week of birthdays by wishing a very happy birthday to the star of this week's new release, Spotlight, Miss Rachel McAdams, who Ooh. turns 37 but can play anywhere from a mean what? girl to a time traveler's wife. Yeah, that's awesome. It sounds impossible that she's 37, doesn't it? It does, actually. <laughs> Was she Lois What do I know her from? Returns? You know her from uh, Mean Girls, Time Traveler's Wife? Yeah. Bart doesn't no? know her from that. Uh, uh, what does he know her? Um, I certainly don't. State of Play, Morning Glory. Morning Glory, yeah. That's Rachel McAdams. Who am I thinking of? Notebook. She's in the Notebook. Who am I thinking of? Who am I thinking of? Some old girlfriend. I don't (laughs) know. No. Who is it? Who am I thinking of? That was in the movie with Will Ferrell. There's another Adams. Oh, Amy Adams. Amy Adams. Thank you. Amy. Yeah, this is very different. This is very very different. This is like McDonald's. Her (laughs) breakout role. (laughs) It might have been. Might have been. Her yeah, breakout right. role was as Regina George in the hit comedy Mean Girls, which instantly catapulted her onto the shortlist for Hollywood's hottest young actresses. According to IMDb, she was told to partly model the character of Regina George from Mean Girls after Alec Baldwin's performance in Glen Gary, Glen Ross. Oh, wow. So that explains all the lines about steak knives in that movie. <laughs> but even though she's a big That's star, awesome. just like you and I, before she hit it big... <laughs> Rachel actually worked at McDonald's for three summers. Oh, wow. And Adam, she doesn't own a car. She lives in Silver Lake, and as part of her daily contribution to help conserve energy, she rides her bike or takes the bus. Very nice. She, she might rides the be bus. on your bus. She's definitely the getting funneled on that bus. <laughs> Well, she is Talk now, now that I know she's there. <laughs> Talk about stinky lady on a bus. Oh, mm. man. I got, I just... Uh, keep your eyes open on the bus, my friend. Everybody's so insane on the bus. It's horrible. <laughs> it's horrible. She's <laughs> trying to train. Huh? Oh, the train's oh, yeah, even yeah. scary, and that's underground. You can't get away mm-hmm. if anything happens. Yeah. No, uh, here is the worst. All right, just a quick little challenge for you guys. Rachel has played the love interest of three different time travelers in three different movies. All right, can you name... Uh, Time Traveler's Wife. Yes. There's two more. About time. Yes, and one more. 
Back to Future it's Part 3. about time travel, <laughs> but it's not in the title. It's a Woody oh. Allen movie. Oh. Sleeper. Oh, Midnight in Paris. Lisa's right with the win. Midnight she, in she, Paris. She was very, it was very difficult to find her mean in that movie. She had to be, she was the mean girl, right, who... I mean, I know she came up in Mean Girls. Yeah. I never saw it. Isn't that interesting? But for me, for all I knew, it was a notebook. So I'm mm-hmm. like, she's this lovely thing. And then when she's all mean, Owen Wilson, I look at her branching out. But I guess she started. But she was going back to where she pitch. came from. Right. Next up, let's wish a very happy birthday to Spotlight and The Hunger Games. Mocking Jay Part 2 star, Stanley Tucci. 2 for Tucci. Oh, he's great. He turns 55 but can play anywhere from a serial killer in The Lovely Bones to a scientist who creates the super soldier serum in Captain America the First Avenger. Yes. You also forgot he yes. can play a burlesque owner in Burlesque. That's true. And no, wait, he was a hairdresser. <laughs> we all, we all he was stylish. We all did. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. I loved that movie. That was really good. Could not read the book, though, because I read too slowly, and I felt I was prolonging this assistant's torture. Because every time I'd put it down, I'm like, I got to get to the end of this to let this woman off the hook. Anyway, Stanley with roommates with Ving Rames during his time together at SUNY Purchase Fall. Really? All things. And Rames, whose real name is Irving, credits him for first calling him Ving. Irving. Irving. He's got such a cool, badass name, Ving. Ving. And I just realized it's a nerdy name. Nerdy name. <laughs> He's just taking part of it. <laughs> Irving. Stanley Tucci called him Ving. Oh, my God. Just to be cute. That guy is not an Irving. No. No, no, no. <laughs> now, we all know Stanley Tucci from his work in reputable films like The Lovely Bones, Big Night. Loved him in Big Night. Oh, yeah. But, you know, he was in some other crazy wackadoodle movies. And funny so bones. now, was it Funny Bone? No, it was the, it was the, the Lovely Bones that she just Lovely oh, Bones. The lovely bones? Yeah. With uh, Wake Oliver Up, Pratt? Bart. No. Even though I'm not talking That's about TBS movies, I will be talking about TBS movies lovely here in a second. What was You're going to do great at this game. Somebody let me know what I'm thinking about. You're thinking okay. about Funny Bones with Lee Evans and Oliver Platt. Is yes. Stanley Tucci in that? <laughs> I thought he was. Okay. All right. Well, let's see what other movies that perhaps Stanley Tucci is in or not. I don't think the Bone movie Clearly, is I in thought he was. <laughs> The Bone Smuggler. What movie am I thinking of? The Bone Smuggler, right? I have to There's fight the... an uphill battle every time. They own a strip club. Here we go. I'm going to name a movie, and you tell me whether or not Stanley Tucci was in it. Okay. All right? So we're going to start easy. America's Sweethearts. Ooh. Yes. Yes. You yes. say that's easy, then yes. Yes. <laughs> that's before I started paying attention. Pretty Woman. Oh, Big Night was the first thing I paid attention. Yes. No. Yes. <gasps> Bart's wrong. <laughs> he wasn't in it. <laughs> I'm surprised you got that wrong. <laughs> I thought for like sure would you'd play, be like, no. I just seems love like he would play the Jason Alexander. No, no, no. Part. How about this? The no, wedding. I, pl- oh, go ahead. No, I thought he was like a like a like a, That's a the florist or something like in the, the Larry Miller part. Yeah, <laughs> the yes. wedding planner. Oh, yes. Who saw that to, to yes. chime in? Man? <laughs> I did. Gosh, I don't remember. Wait, is that the one that directed That's, by uh, Zucker? It's got J Lo in it. It's Matthew McConaughey. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, wedding plant. No, I'm thinking of something else. No, you're thinking of Made in Manhattan. He was in that one. Oh. <laughs> Am I thinking of you're that? You're thinking of the wedding singer, which is what I was thinking of. Oh, I was thinking of the wedding crasher singer. This one's awesome. How about, <laughs> crasher. How about Charles Grodin's Beethoven? Oh. He absolutely was in that he one. He was absolutely. in that one. Oh, that poor Brought thing. respectability to that it's movie. It's so sad. Is it really billed as Charles Grodin's Beethoven? <laughs> <laughs> no, I it should. It should be from now on. You should go all movies of Charles Grodin in it, Charles Charles Grodin's. <laughs> I think that's a great All rule. All right, now, put on your thinking caps. I love our rules. The usual suspects. No. 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 I'm done thinking, no. No, he wasn't. How about Road to Perdition? No. Yes. Yes. Say no. Yes. Lisa's right. Ah. Bart's right. Really? Yes. I know. You wouldn't think so, but he was in there. How about Easy A with Emma Stone, Chiclet's Teeth? For sure. Don't yes. even know. Yes, he was. 
<laughs> and burlesque. Okay, was he in burlesque? <laughs> no, he was the hairdresser, not was the club he in, owner. <laughs> was he Sorry. in Coyote Ugly? Ooh, I don't know. Uh, who knows? Yeah. And no, he wasn't. Mm. But you'd think he <laughs> would be. I just want to be super confident with my answer. <laughs> All right, now this <laughs> is the very tricky one. Was he in Quick Change with Mr. <gasps> Bill Murray? Ooh, oh, I will answer this question correctly. Oh, Tell yes. me, Bart, he yes. was. I'm going to say yes. You're not looking that he up. Big, is it really? Yes, I always... Okay, here's a little wow, something you need to know about night. me. Every time I do someone's birthday, I check to see if they were in a movie with Bill Murray. Of course. And that's how this whole thing started. <laughs> Sometimes their noses are horns. <laughs> I love that. Uh, crying on the inside. Hey, did you hear Did you hear a horn in the background? Well, sometimes, sometimes his noses no. are horns. <laughs> and lastly... What kind of clown are you? <laughs> crying on the inside kind. Happy birthday to Maggie Gyllenhaal, because I bar I knew you'd want me to wish her a happy birthday. Uh, happy birthday, Mom. <laughs> she turns she's 38. She's so hot, Batman and various villains would kill each other over her. <laughs> but she can play anywhere, from a secretary to the assistant DA of Gotham. Uh, mm-hmm. What a Charming range. lady, I'm sure. I'm yes. Now, Bart, you know how much I love when celebrities sing. This is true, Lisa. I'm constantly approached yeah. by people on the street, and they constantly. say, please tell me two constantly. interesting things about Karen. And I tell them, first of all, if you meet a stinky lady on the bus, it might be <laughs> Rachel might McC- be McAdams. But it's probably Karen. It's probably me. Uh, and she loves when celebrities sing. I do. I especially love when they sing in weird little movies that you just don't know why they're singing. This one's from Happy Endings, starring my new boyfriend, Mr. Steve Coogan, by the way. I need to watch it because I love really? him. She is singing, I believe it's Billy Joel's Honesty. And it's not so horrible. It's actually kind of lovely. She's doing like a karaoke version in a club. It's, it's good. So this wasn't like officially released or anything. No, okay. no, no. Well, that's no fun. They'll be able to fix it. Tenderness. <laughs> it isn't hard to find. Yeah, she's got a good, good set of pipes. She's probably trained this to do all this right stuff here. while being trained. Below. See, she's talking to the guy going, "Hey, it's low, low." Uh, we all do that in karaoke. We all do that. But she does kind of bring it up high. It's nice. Be blind. It always seems to be so hard. Little Natalie Merchant sounding. It's lovely, isn't it? It's good here. Honesty, such a lovely word. And that wraps into the movie show. (laughs) Together we're the movie guys. Individually we are. I'm still Mark Gaius. You can follow us on Twitter at the movie guys for daily jokes and links. Also Facebook.com slash the movie guys iTunes, Vimeo, YouTube, Funnier Dice, SoundCloud, Vine, Instagram, LinkedIn, all that. Thanks to Lisa Minzy. Yay! Yay. What do you got coming up? You got any plugs? Um, got uh, just stuff coming up in the new year. Uh, there's a short film I was a part of called Hush. Oh, uh, yeah. Michael yeah. Kehoe? Michael Kehoe. Oh. I was uh, one of the producers on that film. Oh, so cool. uh, that's going to be going feature length next year. Yes, that is making the rounds. Yes. And, and sounds uh, like somebody knows about distribution. <laughs> Might have taken a few lessons to get that out there. Yep. So. Cool. And where do we find you besides therealcritic.com? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at, at realcritic or on Facebook, which is uh, Facebook backslash uh, realcritic. There you go. Uh, and, of course, the Boubay sisters have a big show yes. at Holiday in the Park this Friday. That's Outside Arrow Books, uh, Auto Books, Arrow Books. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and thanks to Steve Schultz for his writing contributions to the show every week. And, as always, we owe everything to Pat Peach. Pat Peach! Next week, it's uh, Thanksgiving week proper for a dinner table full of interesting and weird stuff. we got the good dinosaur. We've got... Uh, that's all. It's Pixar. Yeah. Ah. All right. We'll see you next week. <laughs> Thank you.